the Academy Award-winning director, Steven Soderbergh. Brett Favre claims not to know what a podcast is. You know, I have a podcast, Brett. Did you know that? Um, no, you don't know what a podcast is. <laughs> Reggie Wayne, Brett Edward. I had a, a, a pet snake mm-hmm. by the name of Law. I'm not a snake fan. I don't like snakes. Buy the snake in the house. I get a, a, a text on my two-way. Law dead. <laughs> Chris Cooley threatened to prank call me. Steven, how are you? This is David Dunn. Did I see No, you didn't because I'm recording this thing right oh, now, no, dude. No, no. This You're is the, the podcast. Uh, you the Andy best. Reed did not call Tim Tebow last night. <laughs> too much. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, everybody. It is show number 200. We are honored and pleased to have hit this milestone. Uh, and we have hit it just in the week before the NFL draft. And as the 2013 schedule is upon us as well, uh, we do want to pause for the moment and um, and uh, send our prayers and wishes to everyone in Boston, in the New England area, and certainly those affected by the horrible developments of what happened um, during the Boston Marathon on Monday. It just reminds everybody about the fragility of life and about what um, what uh, what we need to do every day to make life better and live it to its fullest. And um, again, we just want to send all of our best wishes to everybody out there. Uh, Chris Brockman, back from his native New England. Good to see you, sir. I was just there on Friday, Rich. Good to be back. And uh, good to see you, Chris Long. Rich, good to see you as well. And uh, again... You know, I know that's what's going out on, on the real world, and we live in the bubble community of of sports. And um, and again, we don't want to jump to any conclusions as to what in the world fully happened there. But again, we just want to send our best wishes. Um, and it is show number two hundred, so we're pleased about that in our our neck of the woods as we get again set for the uh, off season or non playing season Super Bowl in New York City. Yes, the draft. We've got a great show. We've got a great lineup here. I mean, why, why wouldn't we? For show 200. 200. Pretty solid lineup for sure. Um, first things first, our first guest, Mike Mayock. Have we decided? Have we determined how many times he's been on this show? Um, figure that I, out? I'm still figuring that out. I'm calculating. But uh, he's, has to be he's a, up it, there. He has to be because we get him on, obviously, um, combine, combine, before, after, post. draft. And we've done post-draft, this show, post-draft as well. We've done this show since uh, we went on the air in September of 2010 10. yeah so we've been through a couple of drafts with him this will be the third draft of this podcast history wow and uh, we've been through three combines so he's been on a lot and he's the ef hutton pretty much anytime he opens his mouth everybody's paying attention there's news to the point where his annual pre-draft uh teleconference with the media his telephone press conference with the media is that true, Chris Law? That's being streamed live on NFL.com, correct? Wow. That is true. Uh, we, uh, he, I don't know if you recall when he did his last one, he was trending on Twitter for about four and a well, half, Well, it lasted hours. three hours. <laughs> Didn't his yeah. conversation with the media last three hours exactly. for real? Exactly. And you see, you, know, you see all these, not only is it NFL media that covers it, it's college media as well because you know, they care about their, their college kids. So right. um, a few of the brain trusts down there in our, in our video room 
came together with the idea of, hey, let's let's stream this as just audio, and we were just going to put it up as audio, and then it was, hey, we can, you know, B-roll some video, throw some graphics up, so if you want to listen to it, you can just listen to it. If you want to watch some of it, his entire thing will be up, and you can actually tweet at, NF- at Inside NFL Media mm-hmm. and uh, ask questions, so the folks in PR will actually ask Mayak a few of... Uh, Listeners' questions. That's great. If you want to. It's. In, I mean, it but really. You, but you can't ask him directly on Twitter because he, he doesn't have a Twitter. Will not. Will not. And the reason for that, I've told him, you got to get one, right? And he rolls his eyes. I mean, and the reason why I believe he doesn't do it is his information obviously is king for him, and he is pure and uncut. This guy. Right. I mean, he is raw when it compared to other people that you see on television who are uh, the hairdos or anything. And that, that's not a reference to Mel Kuyper. I'm serious. It's people you know, people talk, call me a talking head. He is pure and uncut. He is about being the scout that he, the scouts that he knows and being that guy of course. who can go into the scouting room, mix it up with those guys. doesn't matter how successful he's become on television. He's still one of those people. And if he gets a Twitter account, He's no longer one of those guys. Right. And and he's going to have to take time out of all of his preparation to compose and send out these tweets. There has to be many people within the sound of our voices who would raise their hands and say, I, I'd be Mike Mayock's social media intern. <laughs> Seriously, they would. To the point where how many people have volunteered to sit in for the Mayock uh, draft lot. special in New York? We, we, we gave that opportunity out to our New York City base listeners or anyone who would pay their own way to get to New York for this thing. Yes, they, they did. Uh, and we, we just asked for local people because we didn't want people to have to you know, make a trip or, or pay because it's not going to be that glamorous. We've had a lot of submissions, and we're going to announce those later at the end of the, the end of the show. Okay, but so. there's a, people have submitted. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. We, do we have our six winners for um, the people who sit we, in for the six? We do, we're going to do a little Twitter roulette later oh. on the show because you know, we asked people to use the hashtag REP Mock Draft, so we'll, we'll fly through Well, we asked Twitter people roulette. to do a lot of hashtags. <laughs> we last did. Week. Yeah. REP yeah. Mock Draft, yeah. REP 200 for people to send in their favorite moments Which, in the first two, 199 episodes of this show. Yes. And we'll do that later on. With yeah, our, we got some great responses from that. Some stuff, you know, we forget about because there's been so many. And uh, Yeah, just, I was traveling back to L.A. Yes, on Sunday, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I couldn't sleep, so I just fired up the old iPhone and started clicking back through my memory bank of some of my favorite moments. When was your first one? Do you remember which one? My first show? Yeah. Uh, my first because show. Because this my thing, when this show. thing started, law wasn't even part of this thing. It right. was It was... It was Matt Lathrop, Matt Lathrop of NFL yep. Media who was essentially flipping on the switch for me to talk, and and I I, I know Ray Lewis was the f- first guest that we had, yes. and then Dan Patrick was the second guest that we had, and in that honor of that, Dan's going to join our 200th show oh, later excellent. on, excellent, and we're going to you know go over a little bit of the draft. My with first him. Ep- my first episode was. Uh, Pre-2011, September, Tom Brady, you were at the Patriots event with him. Yes. That was my first one. The tough two-shot for me. The tough two-shot. But then you went on hiatus during eight games. Then I took eight you games like off. You did like two episodes, and then you took no, I did, eight no, games I, I off, did eight. Right? I did eight on, eight off, and then I've been back full-time. Yeah, but were you on the audio version of that one? Did you come on? I mean, no, I wonder no, when, no. You first, when oh, your, first, first, your first, voice first started out on the show. We need to... So I don't, don't have any of the archives, this sort of we got, thing. We have it all somewhere. We have when it. was your first show, Law? You came uh, in You came in early. Yeah, I, was just, I think episode like six, I was on board. It was uh, the When tor- Lathrop got the, the gate, passed, right? Yeah. Lathrop tore it. And, uh, and I'm like, who is this, who is this? young kid <laughs> who's never done anything before, it seems. Oh, please. You were so green. 
Good. Law, you were so green. You were emailing everybody. The politics I, well, of that, the of the, the really in-house politics changed. of this place. The politic, the in-house politics of this place, just like, completely went over his. I was head. so naive to stuff. I you was were. Like, oh, let's you do were. this. And how many times like, did I call him? No I'm chance. like, I'm like, I'm like, Law, hold up. How many times <laughs> did I give you that call? Right. <laughs> I like the excitement. Couldn't be oh, more God. integral to this podcast as well. But um, in between Mayock and Dan, we're going to have Von Miller in studio. Oh. Vonnie Football, yeah. Yeah, Vonnie Football, uh, at Miller Light 40, right? Yes, yes. Um, L-I-T-E, I think is how he spells it. That's correct. Just like the beer. Um, Von, uh, Vonnie, uh, Vonnie Football, Von Miller of the Denver Broncos. Lots to talk with him about from, I mean, just think about his two years in the league. The guy comes in second overall, first draft choice of the Elway Fox, the two Johns administration. His first quarterback is uh, Kyle Orton. (laughs) His second quarterback is Brady Quinn. His third quarterback was Tim Tebow. His first, that was his first year when he came on the scene, him, Watt, Alden Smith burst on the scene, right? Right. And I think for at least the next 10 years has changed the way people view uh, defensive ends and outside linebacker draft picks at the top of the draft. You have to produce. Yep. You have to. Everyone's looking for one of them, right? And that's the pressure that's going to be on the Ziggy Ansaws and Bjorn Werners of the world for this year's draft. 30 sacks in two years. That's insane. Yeah, the Deion Jordans, Barkevius Mingos of the world. At any rate, long story short, think about that first year was Tebow and the Tebow mania. He's out. Peyton Manning comes in. And we all know what happened last year where they won a gajillion games in a row to make the playoffs only to be one and done. Uh, because the defense couldn't stop second in 73. Yep. <laughs> okay, and so lots to talk about with him. He just got back from a USO tour, too. He, he did from Afghanistan, yeah. and uh, and then there's the whole uh, Elvis Doomerville facts scenario. Oh. Lots to talk about with him. That's in between Mayock and Dan. And Dan is going to sort of – Dan's going to be more of a, a, a 200th show celebration because the podcast is essentially what I've what I'm doing now – and it is my, you know, it's my child. And I'm going to go down Sports Center memory lane with him because that's the first thing that I did nationally. Right. Absolutely. Sort of just, and, and there's so many stories to tell. I can't wait. I, I can listen to you guys do that stuff forever. That's, so. I think Seton tweeted that Absolutely. out after we had that conversation. Yeah, right. So that's coming up on this show. And then after that, you two guys have been the integral parts of this podcast for well over a calendar year now, right? It's probably been a year and a half for now. you, and for you, yeah. it's been two years almost, right? Uh, well, it's been almost three years. It's been two and a, two and a half, right? I think I can't. It started in September. Well, you're rounding up. You're rounding up. You're rounding that's like way up. that's that that's what my dad used to do when I was a young kid. Whenever it was, well, it, uh, we don't. I don't want you to do something because you're too young. He, if I was like six and a half, he goes, "You're you're sick. You're practically just six years old." Right, and then when I'm not acting my age, he'd be like, "Come on, you're almost seven. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like rounding up or down to benefit his point. Right, is what my dad, my mom, I mean, and dad would that, would, a, would do a, all the that's time. That's a parent move. That's a parent that's move. A parent he move. just sort of did that right there. He just rounded up. <laughs> oh, almost three years. Well, the thing's not been on for three years. But oh, almost three years. <laughs> almost three years. We're th- three years in September. <laughs> Am I wrong? That's what he just did right there. That's uh, fine. So um, uh, those are your, the two people who helped get this thing off the ground. As guests, Kara Henderson, who I've known since the Sports Center days, who who I've gotten some flack from in the past week. Okay, <laughs> I mean seriously. Well, uh, don't worry, she'll she'll get to that too. <laughs> Mrs. Les Sneed heard of our course. conversation, and she'll she'll do it in person, and we're going to team her up in studio in person with the other 
regular guest of the first year plus of the podcast, The Worm. The Worm. Look Jason out. Jason Wormser. Look out. At the time, one of the uh, lead producers here in this building and uh, uh, giant, biggest giant fan I know, top curmudgeon of all time. Yes. Uh, he still is all of those except for lead producer here at NFL Network. Now he's the lead producer for Fox Soccer. Yeah. Channel. And there's he all sorts of stuff going on with Fox Sports Beckham. 1. I mean, he has still not delivered Beckham. Yeah. That was but anyway, he will time. be. The, we're going to put the two of them in studio together with the two of you. And it's going to be a five-person uh, in-studio conversation. A little five-man wave. To wrap things up, where we will hit all of the tweets that people sent us for memory lane purposes for yes. the 200th episode. And also we'll name the folks who uh, will be uh, hopefully... Cleared by NFL security, allowed in the building. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are, are, it's are it's we... not just it's not just we pick you. You better have a clean record yeah. because they're going to find out <laughs> and once if we... you had a jaywalking ticket about eight years ago. They'll find that out. Once we land on your name, too, we're going to check your recent tweets as well. We don't want you know yeah. we want positive people. Yes. Here. We don't want any negative negative. We don't people. just they just we don't just you just don't walk in the door. You just don't come in. So are we are we more of like the Bizarro podcast supporters? Because like you know Bizarro Jerry and Seinfeld, and she's got. Elaine's got the whole other group of friends, like with the with the Kara and um, no, no, you're all part of the same family. All part of the same, okay. Yeah, but they they were just semi regular guests. I mean, we're here every well, time. Well, Kara, Kara would be on all the time. She was on, and then on. and then when she started doing Total Access every day, it became difficult to get her in the podcast room. Yep. Right, mm-hmm. Worm was in, but uh, quite a bit. And then we had him phone in, um, Nigel Spackle. Nigel Spackle. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> he, he was able to get Nigel Spackle, our U.K. correspondent uh, for the podcast, uh, calling in a couple times. Yep. Um, so lots of fun stuff in store. Let's get to it, starting with the man of the draft hour. This man is pulled in 15 different directions, certainly at this time of year. That uh, that number probably quintuples, so I'm honored to have him on uh, the show as also the lead guest of my 200th podcast. We're going to be at Radio City Music Hall once again, I believe, for a seventh straight year, if not an eighth. I've lost track uh, to bring you the 2013 NFL Draft on NFL Network. Uh, he is Mike Mayock. How are you there, Michael? I'm good, man. 200 shows. Congratulations. Thank you. Two, all, all 200 of them. All 200 of them, I, I wear the uh, the emotional and physical scars of them. So that, it's all that's good. That's pretty cool, man. Is, is, is this your favorite thing you do? You know what? Uh, it's it's the most personal thing that I do. Right. You know, I mean, uh, what, what I do on Thursday night football, as you know, being there at those games can't be beaten. If you remember, we were off the road one year. That wasn't a lot of fun. Right. Um, but um, this is, you know, I mean, I have two boys uh, and a rescue dog and this podcast. Those are my four children as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Good for you. Yeah. Uh, before I, I, I get to the draft, I want to hit you first on our telecast because I'm sure certainly uh, on your Thursday 1 o'clock press conference that, again, uh, as we mentioned earlier on our show, fans can listen into on NFL.com, they're going to stream your conversation with uh, the media on Thursday. You're probably going to get this question about tipping picks. And I spoke about it on, on a previous show, how we tell Charlie Yook, our producer, who's never in our ear to with the pick anyway, don't do it even if you're thinking of doing it. And I'd love to get your philosophy on that so we could just put this thing to bed, certainly with our telecast once and for all. My philosophy is and always has been that part of the intrigue of any draft is trying to figure out who the pick might be through 
through all kinds of different observations. It's fun for the fan at home. It's fun for us. And to me, it kind of, for me, it kind of tests my knowledge. I, I love trying to figure out through team needs, tape I've watched, whatever, who, who's the right guy? Who's the right fit for this team? And what I hate is when we have information guys that say it's going to be this guy or that guy because I can do that. I, I could ask people in every all 32 buildings, hey, give me a, a two-minute notice and, and text me. And that takes all the fun out of it. You know, so from my perspective, I don't even like to see the reactions of the players when they get the phone call. I want to see the reactions when they come out and shake the commissioner's hand. And so to me, that's a lot of the intrigue. And and that would be my best case scenario is that we don't find out, any of us don't find out until the commissioner steps up there and says, with the first pick, and boom, away we go. Exactly. And and we have essentially cut all of that out of of our broadcast when we had Schefter he got the picks pretty much before the commissioner did. Lock and Ford did the same thing when we had him there. Uh, we we are no longer in the green room showing a kid on a telephone, which is the ultimate uh, pick tipper when the yeah. kid's on the phone. And and so if if you or I or Mooch or Marshall or in the in the second and third day Charles Davis Billick, if we mention who the pick may be and it turns out to be that. That is pure guesswork. We are not finding this out and trying to make ourselves look smart, which is the thing that drives me nuts because that is not who we are as people. Forget about broadcasters. We're not, we're not doing this to make ourselves look smart. If we're wrong, we're wrong. If we're right, we're right. That's my philosophy, and I know that's yours too. The, the most fun, Rich, is you know I do that mock draft the night before, and I know that, especially this year, with what's going on in this draft, I know I'm not going to have anywhere near the number of people I'd like to get right on the mock draft. However, what's really fun is it's, it's a moving diagram during the draft. It's just a moving mass. And trying to, like the clubs are doing, check off a name and then say, oh, my goodness, I thought Carolina was going to take a defensive tackle. He, Sheldon Richardson's gone. Now what? And, and we have the same amount of time as the team. Right to figure it out. And I think that's the most fun part of talking with you guys on the set is, hey, I'm thinking, if, hey, the D tackle's gone. How about the corner? Are they going to take Xavier Rhodes? Or, or how about D.J. Hayden? Or if they don't go corner, what about Tavon Austin? They need an explosive playmaker. You know, to me, that's the fun part. We are 10 days away from the first night of the draft. Where are you? Where is your draft board right now? Where are you set on that? I'm in complete disarray. <laughs> <laughs> what is that what does disarray look like for you it, it means because i'm old school as you know it means that i have way too much paper on my desk and for instance <laughs> i've got a top 100 list i've got a stack by position and by round and my stack is all handwritten and as i talk to teams i've got all kinds of red pen and black pen and blue pen with arrows up arrows down all kinds of stuff all over the place. Uh, I mean, my first phone call came in at about six six fifty a.m. this morning from a team, mm-hmm. and I've been on the phone right up until the time I jumped on with you. So it's it's um, it's really a blast, it, and it's it's constantly moving, Rich. So when do you set it? <laughs> when do you set it? When you head out to dinner on Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what it is, huh? Because all of us, all of us, await the laminated version of your draft board. 
<laughs> that's when we know. That's when we know the the seat belt is buckled, and the ride is about to begin. You know what I mean? So pro- I'm probably eighty percent of the way there. Um, like the sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh round guys, I, or the last ones, I, I lock in. And right now, there's just so much move. This draft is so different than any draft we've ever done at the top end that um, there's more confusion up there also this year. Now, I know a lot of people are talking, certainly in our television business, that the the numbers, the ratings might not be as large as, say, last year with Luck, RG3, all of those names, Tebow the year before. But to me, last year, everybody knew about 10 days out it was going to go Luck, RG3, and then most likely Khalil. This year, to me, I I, I think the, the, the interest in this draft is going to be huge, if not huger. We have no idea. The drama is completely uh, all over the top of this draft and throughout the first round. I'm with you. And, and again, there might have been more star power at the top end in prior years, but I think there's way more drama this year. I mean, if you if you take a look at a guy like Ziggy Ansah, who, you know, three years ago had never even played football, and heading into his senior season, wasn't even on most teams' draft boards, and that's a true story. He wasn't even on most teams' draft boards heading into this season, and he could be a top five pick. And and I look at the and, and this kid and I look at all these Menelik Watson came to this country from England to play basketball at Siena University and somehow his journey takes him to Saddleback Junior College where he's a teammate with Kyle Long and from there he goes to Florida State and becomes a right tackle who's a probably a first round left tackle. Incredible. There, there are so many different stories and so much drama. At the top end this year, it's phenomenal. Do you think 10 days from now, Commissioner strolls to the podium, puts the Chiefs on the clock? We we all, including Andy Reid, does not know who he's going to choose in the next 10 minutes after that. I think Andy Reid and John Dorsey are, are so well-prepared type individuals that, that when you're sitting at one, you can obviously set the pro forma. So there could be some draft movement and and but i, I you, you know they're going in there knowing who they're going to take okay. if somebody doesn't come up and so who do you think that person is going to be uh, i i would say they're the highest rated tackle on their board and and you know 99% of the country thinks it's luke jokel um i've got eric fisher ahead of him on my board so i don't know who i'm going to put there yet in my mock draft but but i think eric fisher is the best tackle that's what do, mean why do I'm you sorry? think that why do you think that in your evaluation because I think, you know how teams, Rich, talk about ceilings and floors all the time. You know, who's got the higher ceiling? And in this particular case, I think Eric Fisher has a slightly higher ceiling because he's longer and has a little bit more athletic ability. But interestingly enough, I also think he's got as good a floor. I think Luke Jokel is a really safe pick, and I also think Fisher's more safe than people give him credit for. So I'll take the higher ceiling as long as the floor is consistent. And as you know, we always look for pressure points, certainly in the top ten of the order and need and where, where things might, might really pop. Uh, dominoes might tumble. Uh, a stone gets thrown in the draft pool and creates all sorts of ripple effects. To right. me, the way I'm looking at it right now, I'm looking at Philly at four for that moment, where they could go on saw. They could go Lotelele, or they could really send us all in a tizzy and go Geno Smith at that spot. What do you think about that? 
I think the Geno Smith, I'm having trouble figuring out where to put Geno Smith. And I think the quarterback thing every year is, you know, one of, the, one of our primary discussions. I can't find a home for him. <laughs> Boy. And, and I'm struggling. And so if Oakland or Philly doesn't take him at three or four, I'm not so sure. I, I don't know where he goes. And, and most mock drafts have him at eight with Buffalo. And I keep have I have this mental vision in my head, Rich. We're talking Geno Smith, right? Mm-hmm. And Doug Marone's the head coach at Syracuse, and they're playing in a bowl game at Yankee Stadium against West Virginia and Geno Smith. And Geno has arguably the worst game of his career that day in the snow at Yankee Stadium. It was it an awful weather day? Awful, awful weather, weather day. day. As, as one might have in western New York. I think I As one may with. have in western <laughs> New York. So I took it a step further, and I went and watched a bad weather game, Geno, at Iowa State in November. No snow, but cold and very windy. And it might have been his second worst game. So I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm, I'm the new head coach in, in Buffalo, New York, in an outdoor stadium where I personally watched my college team whip up on Geno Smith's West Virginia team when he wasn't good, and he struggled against Iowa State in the weather. And I'm not sure that's the right place for that kid. Well, I mean, I'm, you look at the top of the draft, Chiefs needed a quarterback, and Andy Reid first got there. The Raiders, you look at, um, you look at the Bills, you look at Arizona. Okay, you also look at Jacksonville if you're – if uh, you're most people, Philadelphia, right? Uh, with but they have Vic. I'm just talking yep. about right here and right now. Andy Reid goes ahead, flips a two for Alex Smith. The Raiders go ahead and get Matt Flynn and send Carson Palmer to another quarterback needy team in the top ten in Arizona. And the Bills go ahead on the first day of free agency and just let Ryan Fitzpatrick go, just cut him loose, and yep. go ahead and get Arizona's cast off, for the lack of a better phrase, and Kevin Cobb. Does to me that speaks volumes about how the uh, how the coaching staffs there and maybe as a whole view this quarterback class. Is that a fair assessment in your mind? Yes, and I give the general managers credit for all covering their butts in the top ten, and you might call them retreads or whatever, but at least you've got somebody that can step in and play quarterback for you. Uh, why you're trying to draft a guy perhaps in the late first or second round. And, and, you know, if you're looking at Buffalo, I think the more logical guy might be Ryan Nassib, who he coached at Syracuse, and you'd love to get him at, at 40. in the second round. Right. But, but I think, you know, you talk about pressure points and stuff like this. So the quarterback thing, Rich, if Gino doesn't go three or four, I'm not sure where he's going. And I think, that, I think there's going to be a slide there until somebody decides to trade up in the second half of the first round. Or, or somebody takes a quote-unquote project with a top-ten pick. Is that feasible? I mean, the day, are the, or are those, in your mind, from what you've seen and spoken to evaluators, are those days over in the NFL? If you're using a top-ten first-round pick on a quarterback, that kid starts that fall. That kid, you better. You know what? It, yeah, I think the quarterback has to start that fall. That's the other thing, though, that points towards a Geno get getting drafted up high is that with the rookie wage scale in place, if you make a mistake in the top ten, it doesn't kill you like Jamarcus Russell did. You know, with a fifty million dollar guaranteed contract. So the, the dollars are significantly less. However, 
if you draft a kid in the top ten and he flops, it's going to set your franchise back regardless. Where does the first, quote-unquote, skilled position player go? Um, is it Tavon Austin? And if so, where? Uh, you talking offense or defense? Yeah, or both? yeah offensive player. Offensive oh, skilled player, quote-unquote, even though we saw all of these uh, t- left tackles jump out of the gym at the yeah, combine and, this year. You, know, you hurt my feelings there because I think we position people on defense, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know you were so delicate, Mike. I'll be honest with you there. But, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, the tackle thing is really awesome. And I think you, you – and not, I'm not dodging your question. I'll no, come, I know that. But, we could end up, for instance, um, you know, your, our pal Michael Lombardi sitting at six. If those first two tackles go prior to him, and I would anticipate them going prior to him, does somebody come up ahead of Arizona to get Lane Johnson the third tackle? Mm-hmm. There's a pressure point there. There's also a pressure point for the fourth tackle, I believe, when you get down to uh, 11 and 12, San Diego and Miami, who both desperately need tackles. So there's a bunch of offensive tackle pressure points in the top 12 picks in my mind. As far as the first offensive skill position player, if it's not Geno, then, yeah, I think it's Tavon Austin. And, you know, you start talking about where does he come into play, and and we all know that both uh, St. Louis and Minnesota have multiple picks in the first round, and they both need a wide receiver. Um, And I I sense that Cordero Patterson, the very gifted and explosive kid from Tennessee, I think he's sliding a little bit as teams question his work ethic and maturity. and, And Tavon Austin is the opposite. He's rising. He, so he could be in play also. What about uh, – so would you assume Jacksonville goes Deion Jordan? Would you assume that right now? No. Okay. Um, they could go – I mean, they could go offensive tackle, Fisher or Jokel, whichever one doesn't go one. Hmm. They could go Jordan. They could go Ansa. They could go Milner. It's incredible. It's so awesome. I think this is great, man. I mean, again, I know none of these kids really jump out at you and make you sit down in a chair and say, I can't wait to watch football this fall. I understand that. But nobody knows, man. It's incredible. We've never had anything remotely close to this, Mike. Nothing comes close to this. No. This is – I think it's one of the – everybody's out too many offensive linemen and defensive linemen. I'm like, if you're into intrigue, you're into some drama, if you're into trades – it's going to be a lot of fun. It really is. A few more questions for you. Who 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 uh, has risen the most based on the tape that you have watched? Who's been, I guess, a tape eye-in-the-sky warrior for you that has moved him up draft boards for you? Um, I think one of the best stories in this draft, bar none, and maybe in any draft, is is the saga of D.J. Hayden from Houston. And Andrea Kramer from our group have went down and spent some time with him, I know, and I think that's airing um, shortly. But this kid almost died on the practice field last November in a freak injury where his own teammate kneed him in the chest, and, and he busted a, a, uh, a vein leading mm-hmm. to his heart. And he almost bled out internally on the practice field at Houston last November and couldn't work out at the Combine was off most people's boards and thought processes. And I got a bunch of phone calls while I was on the road in March doing pro days 
have you done the Houston kid yet on tape? And I was like, no, because of the medical. And they're like, hey, he just ran 4.38 at his pro day. You better go watch his tape. <laughs> okay. So I went back and put three of his tapes on the next morning. I, got, I was all pumped up. I love these kind of things. You know, and five teams called me in the same day. Did you watch DJ Aiden? So the next morning at like 5.30 in the morning, I got DJ Aiden on. And I'm like, man, that's a great tape. I put a second one in. Huh, this kid can play off. He can play press. He tackles. And then the third tape was Louisiana Tech, and they got Quentin Patton, who's probably a second-round wide receiver. And D.J. Hayden got in his jock and shut him down. Four catches, 36 yards. Kid couldn't get off the line of scrimmage. So if you take the medical out of the equation, and by the way, he pulled his hamstring in his pro day also, but here's a kid that almost died in November. Let's take all that out of the equation. I look at him as a corner. I'm not so sure. I don't think he's just as good, if not better, than D. Milner. Wow, that's saying something right there. And that's a guy that was even off boards medically just a few months ago, Rich. Incredible. What about Lattimore, speaking of medical? Where is he 10 days out, do you think, on draft boards? Yeah, he's hard to figure. And, and I think a lot of fans just assume he was, you know, before hurting himself, he was a first-round tailback. I'm not sure that he was a first-round tailback. He, he already has one ACL. Now he's got two. Um you know, I think best case for him is third round and, and maybe fourth round. Who could be this year's Doug Martin? You got one? This year's Doug Martin at tailback, huh? Yes, sir. Everyone's talking uh, Lacey this, Lacey that. He ran his 40. He finally ran his 40. I want I, I want somebody at the end of that first round that could just absolutely be a game changer for a team well, there, there, this fall. There's maybe. two schools of thought here. One is that the most talented running back in this class – is Kristen Michael from Texas A&M. Okay. But he had minimal carries because he had a lot of problems. And, and a lot of them was missing meetings, oversleeping, not being accountable. And Kevin Sumlin said, fine, I'm not going to play you. So here, here's a kid that I think is the most talented tailback in the country. And I forget, I think he had 80 carries this year. I forget how many carries. Unbelievable talent at 220 pounds. Teams are trying to figure out, is he a really bad guy, or is he just a kid that, that doesn't have accountability and you can kind of manage him? And I don't think he gets out of the second round. He could slide in late. He's a really gifted kid. You just don't trust the kid. And, and there's another guy from Arkansas named Niall Davis, who two years ago had a, uh, a monster season at Arkansas. He's rich, another 227-pounder that runs sub 4-4. Unbelievable. And this kid had seven fumbles in two games this year. So he's got durability and ball security issues, but they're two of the most gifted running backs in this class with different kinds of issues. So there, you, know, you know this. There's stories everywhere, Rich. I got three last questions for you. You know I have my draft host card removed if I don't ask you where Teo stands right now. Where does he stand? Where do you think? I think he probably stands in, in South Bend or somewhere. Nicely right? done. You know what I'm asking. Does he, go, he goes first round, right? He goes first round? I think the most logical landing place for him is Minnesota. Rick Spielman, their, their GM, has drafted four or five Notre Dame players in the last three years who have all panned out tremendously well. Uh, they've got a need because Jasper Brinkley left in free agency. And I think the most logical spot is either 23 or 25 to Minnesota. And who, regardless of need, regardless of need, would you go ahead and pound the table if you were in a draft room and say, this kid needs to be on our team? 
regardless of need, is there one kid in your draft pool that you've just seen, whether it's moxie, tape, off the field, on the field, this kid gotta, has to play for us? Is there one of those guys that you pound the table for in this draft? This kid has to play. That's, that's an interesting question. I only ask those, I think. At least I think. <laughs> That's how I made it to 200 podcasts, <laughs> at least in my mind. I, I could give you a few kids, but, but one, the one kid I'm really freaking intrigued about is Tavon Austin. And one of the reasons I'm intrigued is he's 173 pounds, and there's typically security with, with general managers and coaches to point to somebody else in the league that is similar to the, to the kid you're considering drafting. And teams got to get over the hump because there really isn't a Tavon Austin. Everybody wants to say Percy Harvin is similar, and Percy Harvin's 28 pounds heavier mm. and taller. You know, Deshaun Jackson is, was, was only 178 when he came out, but he was four inches taller. So you can't find a comp on this kid, but when you put the tape on and watch him run a, a jerk route against Texas, fourth and four, and catch the ball, make somebody miss, and then, Rich, he, he takes off for the far sideline, and it looks like seven guys have an angle on him. And not one guy touched him. He took the angle away from everybody, and it looked like everybody was standing still. So if, if I was in a, in a room, and I'm looking around, and I need an explosive playmaker, I'd, I'd be jumping up and down on the table saying, Tavon Austin. And are you ready to be on the silver screen in this draft day movie? You heard about this, right, Mike? Am I you ready about to this? be what? On the silver screen in a movie. You've heard about the draft day movie, have you not? Am I breaking news to you right now? You know what? I think I've heard about it. I don't really know anything about it. Why would I be in it? Because they're shooting at Radio City Music Hall this week, uh, at, at Draft Week. Yeah. It's a movie called Draft Day about the draft process. And, yeah. and you and me, we're in it. We're in it. They're going to shoot us doing our thing. And we may even have a few lines in this thing, Mike. This is actually happening. Are you we ready for that? <laughs> <laughs> I can check on that. I believe we might. I believe we might get scale, as they say out here on the left coast. It'll be just like the Super Bowl commercial. All you big name guys will get all the big spots. I might get like no, a no, no. Wait a, a minute. Second. No, you I'll are a star. Like you are you are a star in this, Mike. And let me tell you this. Here is why. Here is why the director and produce and and he's also part of the producing. It's Co- Kevin Costner plays the Cleveland Browns GM. I believe Dennis Leary plays the Browns coach. But, oh, Costner, cool. but Costner will not be there because, as you know, general managers are not at Radio City Musical. This right. said, the, 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 the man in charge who will, be, who will be directing has an in with you, Mike Mayock. You know why? Because no. he directed Stripes. Oh. Right? Chicks dig, dig me because I rarely wear underwear. There you go! See, when I'm... I do, it's usually something unusual. <laughs> <laughs> See now, many directors could come up to you, Mike. We want to say it this day, that way. You'd probably, oh, come on, man! I got a draft board. I got this. I got that. I got picks. But it's the guy who directed Stripes and Ghostbusters. His name is Ivan Reitman. He's going to be directing you, Mike. How cool is that? There you go. Kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Hey? And it's if you New Yorker paying top dollars. <laughs> It's a 34, and it's loose. Okay, right. You're our big toe. You've got to be in it. You're our big toe, Mike. <laughs> I, I saw a lot of aggression and a lot of pizza, too. <laughs> it's, it's, see, I knew it. I knew I, I'm speaking your language, and he will, too. And if you ever have a problem, he may look at you and say, lighten up, Francis. He may Sergeant do that. Hulka, thank you. Nice reference. <laughs> Mike, thanks. I'm looking forward to New York, as always. You're the best. You got it, man. Thank you. You bet. That is the Emmy Award nominated once again. Mike Mayock here on the 200th Rich Eisen podcast. Mike Mayock, everybody.
Mike Mayock. Again, you'll be able to download or you live stream his conversation on um, NFL.com Thursday at 1 Eastern time, his pre-annual pre-draft chat with the media. And um, DJ Hayden, he says, is the story of the draft right now. Yeah, the kid from Houston. Who, as he said, nearly died on the field to a freak accident and jumped off the uh, jumped off the, the tape. The eye on the sky does not lie with him, apparently. How about what he said with Tavon Austin? Yeah. That's the kid that's intriguing him. What he's, I think freaking intrigues me was what he said. <laughs> and was Tavon Austin. I, I thought I'm the, telling you, man. The Geno Smiths, you know, throwing in cold weather and being in Buffalo. And how and Ryan Nassib, Doug Marone. Like, and Marone saw it in person in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Geno Smith, where's he going to go, man? I think you're right. This draft, it doesn't have maybe the name power up front. But, but everyone's going to be fan, you have no I, I, idea exactly. who your team's no taking. No idea what's going to happen. Nobody. Nobody's going to make our mock draft. Exactly. Nobody's mock draft is going to be so dead interesting. on. Nobody's. Speaking of which, that's next week. We're tape it Tuesday. It airs Tuesday night. Uh, it Tuesday night. You've got to turn that thing around in like how many hours? We have three and a half hours to turn it around. So are we, t- are we doing that to time, essentially? We're doing it essentially to time. You're going to be moment. there with a stopwatch? Yeah, I got, we got it's nine, nine segments. It's an hour and a half show on network. Um, so on need, Tuesday night? On Tuesday night at midnight. Midnight Eastern. Nine, 9 Pacific, and then it re-airs the following day at 2.30 p.m. Okay. All right. Um, it's going to be available live, str- not live stream, but streamed on NFL.com on Wednesday as well. Okay. And it did did like three million view or two million views almost last year online. Only. So should I wear the uh, should I wear the podcast gear? Well, to I get to get a little podcast pop. I actually you, you could. Should I, I got, wear I got your, polos your half made. mesh trucker hat? I got polos made. Hey, there was. Do a you tweet. have gear? Do you have it right now? He gave it to me last week. Gear's been given. The latex oh, really? salesman is yeah. slipping. We might, be, we might be giving away yours. Yeah, we get out of here. No, I got yours downstairs too. <laughs> but um, no, I, we got polos made for this. You guys are in polos this year. What do you mean polos? Who's polos? These are NFL.com polos. That's not. I'm not wearing that. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. And every person in NFL.com management downloading this podcast on their website or whichever method they choose, I am not wearing that shirt. Why not? Because I, if I'm wearing a polo shirt, if I got to go on television wearing a golf shirt, I think you should wear if your, I don't, the Eisen if podcast I go, one. I'm going to wear an Eisen podcast one. You should wear that, and everyone, because that'll be a nice, Dude, no question. That'll be a nice moment. No question. If everyone's wearing golf shirts, yes. if we have been required to have to change out of what we come to NFL headquarters in that Tuesday for the draft meeting for the television side of things, if I have to change, okay. Is Melissa Stark wearing an NFL.com golf shirt? No chance. Melissa no is the exception. Ch- to this. Oh, oh, of course. course. No chance. <laughs> I'm not going to put Melissa Stark in a pool. Well, I was going to, but then after talking to Melissa, I realized I wasn't going ah, to put Melissa okay. in, in so a Okay, it's, so it's, it's five guys. It's six guys and one girl, right? No, it's seven guys and one girl. Oh, okay. So seven guys in golf shirts and, and one girl. In what? What is she going to wear? Uh, she's going to. She knows the colors of the polo, so she's going to pick uh, something appropriate for that, based on based on that. Dude, this is clearly not well thought out. Who's producing this thing? Oh yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, all I know is there's so many moving parts. You better have a meeting in store. Uh, I just uh, I talked to Mayock actually, and uh, I informed him of the. Uh, no, no, I'm talking about moving, not just on air moving parts. Someone's going. Uh, uh, what about when, when's your next meeting? Uh, for this show, uh, I have one at two thirty. Ah, actually, in an hour and a half. Of course. Yes. Well, look, there's a lot of moving parts to this. Getting a ninety-minute program turned around for air. That's gonna be. It's gonna be where 
And then that's and he's the commissioner. And then his show Wednesday night at nine o'clock Eastern is his show's at eight o'clock Eastern. Eight o'clock Eastern. Your podcast, which is which is his one hour one hour show of uh, if his mock his draft. personal mock draft. Right? Yeah, where he goes through all thirty two teams. That's Chris Ward from eight from that. eight to nine p.m. Eastern time. Yes, and then at nine o'clock is. Our draft special right. with the commissioner of the National Football League booked confirmed. Booked confirmed. From the set of Kelly and Michael. Yes. Michael Strahan booked confirmed. confirmed. I confirmed that on the phone minutes ago. Boom. Michael Strahan from his set. What are the odds Kelly Ripa is going to stroll out? Let's hope. I think it's going to happen. My fingers are crossed. Hi. My fingers are crossed. That'd be great. Oh, I think it's going to happen. She is beyond talented. Talented is an un statement. She is laugh out loud hilarious. Man, Kelly Ripa couldn't be more. Isn't she like five feet tall? Supremely talented. Stray got lucky. Stray him. He went from the Super Bowl to a Rolls Royce set. It's unbelievable. Uh, good for him. So that's on Wednesday night at 9 Eastern time. Wednesday night okay. is the Rich Eisen podcast special. Yes. Very good. Very good. Um, Von Miller. Let's get to him. The, uh, the top um, draft choice of John Elway and John Fox in their first draft two years ago. In studio. Pleased to have on my uh, 200th edition of the podcast, my next guest who was only the defensive rookie of the year a couple years ago and has made the Pro Bowl in each of his first two years, the envy of virtually every team that is trying to draft somebody to get a pass rush straight off of campus into the National Football League, none other than Vonnie Football himself, (laughs) Von Miller. How are you, Von? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, uh, you know, I'm... It's a great. It's it's always great to be in the National Football League, and you know mm-hmm. I'm in the National Football League, so I mean it's, it's always great to be you know part of this fraternity. Are you still pinching yourself? Is that what you're saying? I mean, uh, I I I think you know all the guys are. I mean, it's I mean it's uh we got a you know we got a huge opportunity, you know, um, a huge you know um, gift, and uh, I you gotta I mean you really gotta take advantage of the moment, and um you know I, I love playing football, I love going you know places and running the guys that I haven't met before, and you just it doesn't matter who it is. If you know somebody in the National Football League, you go up to them, you show your hand, you let them know you're, you're immediately, you know, accepted. It's, 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 it's a great time to be in the National Football League. Well, it, it helps to have the resume that you have <laughs> to go up to veterans who I think instantly respected your game. It didn't take long for you to make your presence felt and have guys who have been there and done that look at you and say, I respect this guy's game is that a fair assessment i mean i think if you respect the game you know it'll respect you i think if the um, I, I think if you respect if you respect the football guys then you know good stuff will happen for you and um you know that's what i've always tried to do i've always tried to respect the game you know play it right and just go out there and compete with guys and i think um if you respect the game you know you know the game will respect you and um it, it also in terms of pressure being second overall that that's one thing being john elway's first draft pick in his first time doing what he does, that adds a new dimension. What was it like meeting John Elway for the first time, Vaughn? Man, it was. Uh, I mean, it was. It was pretty. It was pretty surreal. I mean, I met her. Um, I remember meeting him at the senior, at, at the NFL combine. I sat down with all those guys, and I met with uh, Fox. You know, Coach Fox and, mm-hmm. and, and Mr. Elway. And, you know, all the guys that we had, and you know, I just remember saying, you know, dang, I, I had I got an opportunity to go play for the Denver Broncos. And, you know, when I was drafted by the Denver Broncos, it was like, uh, you know, I can't, I can't even, you know, it, it was just, it was just so surreal. And um, 
you know, I really didn't think about, you know, being John Elway's, you know, first pick or anything like that. I was just, uh, you know, happy for the opportunity to go out there and play. And, um, you know, Mr. Elway, he's been doing number great stuff since he's gotten in the in, uh, with the Denver Broncos, uh, you know, organization. You know, he started out, you know, with my class. We got a lot of, you know, high-character guys that, free, that year. We picked up a – you know, a lot of um, high-character free agents, and, you know, he's continually, you know, doing the same thing with the addition of, of Mr. Manning. And, Mr. You know, Mr. Manning. I, you got you got to respect him. You got to respect him, you know. Um, Do you, you call him that to 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 his face? I mean, uh, not to his face. You know, I, you know, I I call him Peyton, you know, uh, Peyton, you know, uh, Tylenol PM, you know. Tylenol PM. Yeah, because he, I mean, he'll put you to sleep now. He, put, <laughs> <laughs> How so? Not not in his not in his storytelling or anything no, like not that. No, not not in his storytelling. But you know, you throw a couple of touchdowns. You know, you get him on the bench. You know, you can put those guys to sleep. You know, it's, it's, it's put really you to sleep. It's really not. It's really not much else they can do. Is just you know go to sleep over there on the sideline. Since Gatorade, go it's to over. sleep. It's over. It's <laughs> over. Tylenol PM. Yes, I like sir. it. Did you see what Tylenol PM did to Eric Decker recently? Did you see the no, prank that he pulled on him? No, I didn't. Uh, they worked out at Duke, mm-hmm. and um, and then he presented Eric Decker with a bill racked up at Duke with his time there uh-huh. that included not only just uh, practice time and use of the field, but also laundry for the coaches, <laughs> and it billed up to $3,000 plus tax, uh-huh. and it was a fake bill the whole time. <laughs> just totally pulled the sheets out from under him. <laughs> Pulled the wool over his yeah, eyes. I, I, Dick, he was well. He's, I could just see him panicking. <laughs> yeah, Derek Decker, Decker uh, tweeted it out. So what? It, what was it like uh, first year? I mean, you, you were there with T-Ball Mania, mm-hmm. and then Peyton Mania. What was the difference in the two years that resulted not only in 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 division titles, but also second round exits? I mean, I think uh, you know when Tim Tebow was there, you know. Um, just the type of guy that he is, you know, where everybody knows the type of guy that he is, you know, um, great heart, you know, he's deep in his faith, you know, he, he um, you know, he doesn't, you know, hide that for anybody, and, you know, just being the type of guy that he is, you know, um, I think uh, it was just great having him on our team, you know, and uh, he did a lot of good stuff for us on the field. I don't think you got to go out there and throw, you know, for 400 yards, you know, throw for six touchdowns and all that stuff to be a great quarterback. You just got to be able to be a great manager. You got to be able to, you know, get first downs, you know, keep guys, keep your defense in the game, keep your offense in the game. And, you know, fourth quarter comes around, you got to take advantage of everything that you get to get the win. But, um, you know, with, with Peyton Manning, you know, um, he's probably one of the best to, to ever play the game. Not not just the quarterback position, but one of the best to ever play the game. And when you got a guy like that, it definitely makes it a lot easier for everybody in the locker room. Um, the whole organization, you know, you feel a, a sense of urgency with a, with a guy like with a type of guy like that and, you know that's what we felt. You know we felt like we could go out there and beat anybody, and we could beat them right now. You know just by just by the skill set he has, just by the type of leader that he has, and you know the type of spirited core that we get. You know during the week, it's all because you know um, it all starts with with Peyton Manning, and I think he he accepts that. You know he flourishes in in that, in that type of in that type of environment, and he goes out there and, and does it week in and week out. Are you surprised that Tebow, what happened with him with the Jets, and the fact that he when the Jets finally do eventually release him because that's what everyone is expecting to happen that he may be without a gig in the national football league i mean i think uh you know with with, with tim you know he, he just loves to play football and i, I think uh you know with, with the type of guy that he is the type of character that he has the type of morals that he have i think uh you know if he doesn't get picked up you know this year he's going to get picked up next year you know you 
a type of guy uh, like on your team in the locker room, he instantly, you know, helps jo- he helps guys to jail. And I think, uh, you know, it's not about the money for Tim. You know, he'd just be happy to, to be in a locker room with guys. When he was in a locker room with us last year, you know, through our ups and our downs, he was the same guy, you know, week in and week out. And we all rallied behind him. And I think, uh, you know, him being in a locker room, you know, he'd definitely be able to improve the locker room, improve the character of all those guys in the locker room around him. What about this year with, with Manning? Um and the, and, the, and the way the season ended up. Do you consider 2012 a successful season for you, Vaughn? Yeah, I, I think it was. I think we had a great season. We, I think we won 11 games straight or, uh, yeah. you know, or right in there. And I think, you know, whenever you're doing stuff like that, you know, you're, you're getting the fans into it. You're, you're helping out your organization. You know, it's great to play football when you're winning. And, uh, you know, I think it was definitely a success. Do I think we could have done a lot of stuff better? Yeah, yeah, I do. And, um, you know, um, I think we'll be able. To, I think we'll be able to build on it this year. We brought in, you know, some key guys this year with, with Wes Welker and you know all the other guys that we got. That almost I, seems unfair, Phil. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. That, that just what he's done, what he's been able to do with Peyton Manning, uh, mm-hmm. with Tom Brady. Um, now he just seems like another guy that he's going to be in the Brandon Stokely role, mm-hmm. um, where he's the best at it mm-hmm. in the NFL. That yeah. just seems almost unfair. I mean, with uh, him coming in. I mean, it's. I mean, it was unfair for them to, you know, for them to let it go, for them to let him go like that. I don't see how, you know, you could let a guy go like that, and you know, with the type of mind that he has working with Peyton Manning, I think that was definitely, you know, a plus for us. And um, you know, all all the stuff that Mister Elway's been doing, all the guys that in the front office, they've 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 been doing nothing but great things, making nothing but great moves for us, you know, and and. They're trying to put us in, a, in, a, in an environment to win and go get a Super Bowl. Although someone's got to work on that fax machine in that office. <laughs> Wouldn't you say, Vaughn? Someone's got to work on that fax machine. I mean, I, I think it was just—I think it was just bad timing. I think you know all that stuff is just—it was just—it was just bad timing, and you know everything happens for a reason. You know, um, if we would have—I mean, if we would have—you uh, know—went up that in halftime, you know, versus the Baltimore Ravens, we were able to. You know, make that kick at, right before the half and go up ten. You know, we probably would still have Elvis. You know, and, you know. You think it. so? Yeah, I think so. I think winning. I think it, winning. It, it, the, what happened in the playing season had bearing in what happened yeah. in March. I mean, I I think so. I think missing that field goal, we had an opportunity to go up. Uh, you know, ten points, and it's not on Prey. You know, Prey. He's he's been automatic. You know, every mm-hmm. every every game. You know, I think he missed like two kicks, three kicks this year, but. You know, that kick, it, it really was a, it was a combination of things right before halftime. You know, we missed that kick. Um, they get the ball back. They go two plays and they score right before the halftime. Trenton Holiday, he comes out first play of uh, of the half and returns, you know, oh. the ball straight to straight to the end zone. So we had, a, we had a chance to be up 17 points, and I don't think it was a game where we up by more than 10 that we didn't lose. So, you know, winning changes a lot of guys. You know, winning changes a lot of guys. It changes, you know, uh, you know, everybody in the organization is just great. And I think, uh, you know, we would have been winning, you know, um, the, to ha- to ask Elvis to pay- take a pay cut. I don't think I don't think we would have done that. And, you know, so the, uh, you know, the dominoes started to fall, you know, when, when we start when we lost that game. I think if we would have went on to go to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, I think we would still have Elvis. We would have still had, you know, a lot of guys. But when you don't win, you got to start to, you know, do stuff to find ways to win, and, and um, you know everything that that Mr. Elway and, and Coach Fox, what they've been doing has been great for our organization. Well, in terms of Doomerville, I, I don't know. I mean, you're a busy guy. We're going to get to your your visit to Afghanistan that you just came back with with Champ Bailey recently. 
I don't know if you're able to follow the Doomerville stuff in real time, but it was essentially he's going to accept the pay cut. He's back. He's coming back. And, oh, wait a minute, a fax didn't get in on time, and he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. Did you call him up and just say, what in the world happened? What was your reaction? How did you handle that news? I, I mean, I, I talked to Elvis, but I was uh, I was talking to Coach Fox and, and Coach El, and, and Coach uh, Del Rio and and Coach Smith, I was, you know, really getting on those guys. Like, you know, what are we doing? You know, mm-hmm. he's done a lot of great stuff for us. I mean, he has he had twenty one sacks in two years. I mean, you can't ask a, you know, defensive end, you know, for, uh, you know, for anything more than that. And, and, and Elvis, he definitely, you know, he I think he felt that way too. But you know, he definitely put the team first. You know, was able to take a pay cut. You know, the facts didn't facts didn't go through. You know, the team has to take a five million dollar hit. So it goes from twelve million dollars to eight million dollars. You get released. Team has to take a five million dollar hit. Now it's only three million dollars they can give you this year, and you know um, through circumstances, you know they weren't able to guarantee the, the second year. So, I mean, Elvis, Look he at might, you. you sound like a capologist. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, so Elvis coming around, you know, next year he might have to take another pay cut. So it was just a lot of uncertainty, you know. And, and in this game, you want to, uh, you want every, you want to get as much guaranteed stuff as you can. And I think going over there to the to the Baltimore Ravens was a great thing. You know, for for Elvis and their organization. You know, he he did a lot of stuff for us. You know, he was he was the rock. You know, in the locker room. But now it's time for other guys to step up. It's time for you know Robert Ayers and, and Derek Wolf and, and myself and you know all the other guys that we got on defense to step up. You know, and, and try to take a percentage of what uh, of what Elvis took away from us by leaving. Well, uh, I'm going to do this on behalf of Broncos fans who probably would want me to do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you are ever in that position. Okay, and I know uh, you have your Athletes First <laughs> team here with you. If you and Athletes First are ever in this position, and you could pass this along to David Dunn, too, as well, <laughs> okay, and you're in this position, you've got to get this information in. There's an app for it, <laughs> okay? Get it on your phone. There's an app. Sign it with the tip of your finger and uh, press that. <laughs> Fax is, it is so yeah. 2003, Vaughn. <laughs> Okay, there's an app. I just I think Broncos fans would want me to say this to you. I mean, hopefully I don't ever have to be in that situation. Right, I, I understand. Ho- hopefully we can get we get the deal done. You know, months and years before it's, it's time for me. To, it's of time course. for me front to get it Front load, front load the issues. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. And before we move on, you, you mentioned about that. Obviously, the playoff loss. What was it like in the locker room? Did you say something to Raheem Moore right after the game, Vaughn? No, I didn't. I didn't blame. I didn't blame Raheem Moore. Raheem Moore has been doing a lot of great stuff for us, and that's not the first time, you know. Um, Raheem is uh, is has has been in a situation, and, and you know, uh, and missed the play. So I mean, we knew how our team was. Raheem is a part of our team, and you know, it, we he's done it before. So I mean, that was just our weakness, you know. Super deep balls, you know. Uh, we didn't get a lot thrown at us this year, but in practice, you know, we've uh, we haven't we haven't you know passed that test in practice before. So I think. Uh, you know, I don't blame Raheem for that. I, that was just our team. You know, that was the guys that we had on our team, and, and you know, we let that happen. I honestly, I blame myself. You know, at the end of the game, they brought guys like me and Elvis, and, and you know, to go out there and pressure. You know, quarterbacks at at that point in the game to go out there and get it done. But like I said before, I don't think we. I don't think Raheem lost the game. I think we lost the game at halftime. You know, when we were able to go up by 17 points, and um, you know, nobody has come back. You know, and beat us. You know, uh, with with a with a lead over 10 points. So. I think we lost. I think we lost the game at halftime. So I, I don't. I don't blame Raheem. 
what do you think about the the end of the game? Do you think do you wish that um, the offense would have put the pedal to the metal a little bit with some timeouts left on the clock before no. overtime? No, I mean it's just it's just the way we play. I mean uh, it's been working for us all season long. I mean it wasn't a, it wasn't a, it wasn't a time or where we should you know start changing things up and start panicking. You know we're a good team. We we know that we can uh, you know play up. And, you know, win a game in overtime, but you know we didn't. You know, but like I like I said before, I think we lost the game at halftime. In 2013, let me say this: uh, see if this is a fair thought. You come into the league 2011. Obviously, there's a huge adjustment to go from one level to another. The Tebow mania hit. You changing quarterbacks mid-season. You have a new coach. Last year, you changed quarterbacks. It is Peyton Manning coming. And there's still an adjustment period for the entire team, obviously. Do you think it's going to be better in 2013? You can just be. You got the quarterbacks there. It's year three for the coach, year three for you. It's just It just seems like it's going to be – you could just be mm-hmm. as opposed to all of the stuff that's gone on the last two years. Is that a fair assessment? I think it is. I mean, uh, I think, uh, you know, you know, Champ and all those other guys that we got in the locker room, I think they, they can uh, speak on this, you know, a little bit more than I can. But we haven't had the same defensive coordinator, you know, um, Two years in a row, it's always been a new guy. This or new this, new scheme, new this, new that. And um, this is this is Coach Del Rio's second year. Um, this is my you know my third year playing the same position in a row. Um, it's it's my third year having my same position coach. So like you said before, it's you know things are starting to you know we're starting to get used to a lot of stuff. We're still going to run the same scheme that we ran last year. We're going to run it this year. And that's the first time that we've done that. You know for the Denver Broncos in a long time. So. You know, I, I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, not having to, you know, learn everything new, but just, you know, refreshing everything, tweaking everything, and just really getting an understanding of what we're supposed to do and how defense is supposed to be played. And then you take a look at the schedule. Uh, I don't think the media is just going to let you be mm-hmm. uh, in the regards to one of the games that's on your schedules at Indianapolis, where we all know that's the, the house that Peyton Manning built. That's going to be a big Big game for sure. At New England, Wes Welker's return, that's going to be nuts. And then you personally, at the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. you're from Dallas, Texas. Yes, sir. You are Vonnie Football, mm-hmm. as they've been calling you now in Denver. Uh, what's that going to be like for you to go back down there, you think, this year? I mean, I think it's going to be great. I had my first, you know, um, professional football game in, in Texas Stadium. I had my last college game in Texas Stadium, so. You know, and on top of all that stuff, I've been a Cowboys fan since day one. And you know, I, I grew up watching Michael Irvin, Emmy Smith, Deion Sanders, you know, um, Troy Aikman, all those guys, Nate Nate Newton, all those guys. Sure. And, um, you know, I I personally saw myself being a Cowboy. You know, um, you know, during the draft, I was trying to do everything it took. You know, to, to you know get the Cowboys to you know go get up and, dra- and draft me or me drop down. To the Cowboys, it really didn't matter what pick I was. I wanted to play for the Cowboys. You know, I'm still kind of a Cowboys fan until we play the Cowboys. You know, so mm-hmm. um, you can't you can't go your whole life without uh you know being a Cowboys fan and then like no I'm a Broncos fan. No, I'm still a Cowboys fan. I still you know um, I, that star stands out. You know, there's nothing else. There's nothing else like that in the world. Um, I mean. You know, of course, you know, you know, the Denver head is is up there too. But, of course, but I mean, with Jerry Jones and all those guys, it's it's America's football team. So um, I mean, it's definitely going to be special for me going back to uh, going back to Texas Stadium and, and playing in front of all my friends and family. That I How many tickets with. you think you're gonna have to get for that game? I don't know. I mean, uh, my mom she usually she usually handles that. Okay, but I can uh, I can I can give you like 
I could give you just a you know a heads up on how many tickets it might be. My um, my first game there uh, mm-hmm. out in a preseason right. preseason game, I had twenty five tickets. So you know that was just preseason. Oh, that you've was got to triple that number. At yeah, least. that was two years ago. So oh, I don't know. You got to at least triple that number. Yeah, we might have a whole section. Or you might have a whole section that game. <laughs> no, no doubt about it. And then you're at Kansas City. Uh, so many people make the Derek Thomas mm-hmm. reference to you. Yeah. And I, I, that's what people are going to be talking about all that week, probably leading up to that game too. Uh, what do you What do you think of when you hear that analogy? Oh man, it's I mean it's 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 humbling, and it's uh, and, and I feel you know honored, you know, for you know people to look at me in their light, and I try to play, you know, um, in a way that that uh, Derek Thomas will be proud of me, you know, for um, you know, for wearing his number. And every time I go to you know Kansas City, it doesn't feel like a away game to me. I get so much love there. You know, um, so many, so many fans. You know, they accept me over there, even though it's a, even though it's a, a divisional game. You know, we play them two times a year. They got to go through us. We got to go through them. You know, to make it to the playoffs. But they still show me, you know, a lot of love there, and I and I really love playing there. I, I get goosebumps. You know, going out there and saying, you know, Derek Thomas, fifty-eight. You know, on a little ring. So I mean, it's it'll be great to go there and play again. I love playing in Kansas City. You might see an Aggie across from you, though. Yeah. They might take Jokel. Yeah, I mean, number I'm, one. I'm hoping I'm hoping they take Jokel. You know, um, you know, I, I remember my college days with him. <laughs> you know, I'm sure, I'm sure well, that that sounded like a knowing laugh of I mean, stories that you can't actually tell. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he I'm sure he's got a lot better, but you know, I've got a lot better too. And it's uh, <laughs> I think it, I think it'll be a little bit of the, of the Jedi and the Pad One, okay. you know, and um, you That'd know going and, and going at it. So, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, um, you know, it, we it could be a little bit uh, reminiscent of my college days, and um, you know, we can play, you know, two times a year. I'm all for it. A lot of people are saying if if your team drafts Manti Teo, what would you say to him in the locker room? So I turn to you as a leader in that locker room, because mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying, well, that might be an issue in that locker room <laughs> when he gets in there. Uh, what would you say to Manti Teo if he becomes a Denver Bronco? I mean, first and foremost, I think the Denver Broncos drafted me, you know, um, about 40 to 50 percent um, because I was a locker room guy. I get along with all the guys in the locker room, from Peyton Manning, you know, down to the free agent who's uh, who's who really doesn't even know if he's going to be here tomorrow. You know, I just uh, – I think I've just been blessed with that uh, – with that, with that, with the attribute to be a social guy, you know, um, not the guy, not to rub guys the wrong way, get along with everybody. It's just been like that since day one for me. So when Matt Todd coming to a locker room, you know, I would make it, I would make it light, I would make it fun, you know, I would make them comfortable. Everybody gets, you know, uh, nailed in a locker room. You know, everybody gets talked about. You know, I was a, I was a number two, number two draft pick, and when I walked in there, you would think I was, you know. The guy that, that we got off the street, you mm-hmm. know, and you know, so I mean, everybody gets that in the locker room. But as soon as he steps on the field, as, as soon as he, continu- as soon as he contrib- contributes to wins, as soon as he, you know, goes out there and plays, you know, the sooner he does that, you know, guys will start to, you know, let out, let off of him. You know, and it doesn't matter who you are, number two pick, number one pick, or the last guy in the draft. Once you get into organization and you start playing, guys respect. You know, your talent. And when he's out there playing, you know, guys will start to respect. Let's finish up strong. Uh, what was it like in Afghanistan? Oh, it was great. I mean, it was a, it was a life-changing it was a life changing opportunity for me. How'd you get to go? Um, it was a U.S. It was a USO um, show opportunity. And, um, you know, they were telling me that J.J. Watt was – it started off, started off with, my, with, my, uh, with my PR guy. He knows that uh, me and J.J. Watt are good friends. He mm-hmm. told me that J.J. Watt and some other guys are going. I was like, J.J.'s going, I'm going. You know, and then Champ jumped on, and, and then Davin Joseph jumped on, and DeQuell Jackson and Steve Smith. 
you know, and 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 all those guys jumped. Panther up. Steve Smith. Yeah, Panther Steve Smith. Okay. You know, he's a, he's a great guy. You know, I haven't spent he I is I haven't spent time with him before, the but real deal. I mean, it's, it was great. Pure we're and at, uncut. He's pure. <laughs> we were out there playing, you know, uh, flag football, and um, you know, he, he has that little man syndrome, so he's competing <laughs> with everybody out there. We're we're playing with soldiers, and he's just he's just shaking them all, like you know, talking was he talking smash to like sergeants, talking smack, and it was it was great. Everybody, they every, must have loved everybody appreciated because. You know, he was serious about it. It wasn't just like, you know, I'm out here throwing a, we were out there, We were actually out there running around and playing. And, um, you know, going out there in, Af, in Afghanistan, you know, um, you see a lot of stories. You hear a lot of stories. You meet a lot of people. I mean, I meet Barbie dolls that have Army fatigues on, women that, that, um, that are so girly, but they have Army fatigues on, and this is what they have to do. And then you see guys that, um, that look deaf in the face, Every single day, and they're excited about it tomorrow. And, and you, and, and it's uh, it's definitely humbling. I mean, I've always been proud to be American, but um, you know, you don't understand um, how um, how good we got it by by being an American in this country. When when um, you go over there, and um, you know, uh, coming back to the states, you know, it, it's it's just uh, I, I appreciate everything that they do for us. Less than one percent of um, the U.S. population is in the military, and and even a smaller percent of that. You know, or 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 people who don't even have a, um, a relationship with anybody in the military. I know anybody that served. So I mean, we're over here. We're doing this podcast. You know, walking through NFL Network. And you know, right now guys are dying. You know, overseas guys are dying in Afghanistan. You know, fighting for us to to continue to do all the stuff that we do. So I mean, it was it was a great opportunity. You know, the, the spirit of court that they have over there in the army. We work on. You know, it, week in and week out. You know, we we get ready for guys week in and week out. You know, camaraderie and get all that stuff. So we we have some parallels, but we don't. When we lose, you know, we go home with a bad attitude. When those guys lose, somebody is losing their life, or some somebody can you know uh, be hurt tragically. So I mean, we got some parallels what we don't. And you know, I was I was uh, I was very very grateful you know to go over and, and meet some real life superheroes. You're a good man. Von Miller. I You're, appreciate you it. You are a good man, and what you have done in this league is um, is spectacular, and you just only just uh, two years in. I look forward to seeing what you can do from here on out, and uh, like I said, you're a good man. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for doing this podcast. All thanks right. Thanks, thanks and gig em. Thanks at the gig em. Gig em Aggies. Well, I say go blue. I say go blue. That's all good. That it, it is all. It's it's all. I'm, I, you know, I just wear my school pride. My, We just, you know. Almost won the NCAA championship, <laughs> so I'm really bleeding Mason Blue right now. Yeah. Giga Maggies, you yes, got sir. it. Thanks again. Von Miller of the Denver Broncos here on the – it's my 200th show. Oh, yeah, I appreciate so I'm it. honored to have you as yes, part sir, of Yes, sir, big show. 200. Big two, double zero, right here with Von Miller. <laughs> Beyond impressive. That's another understatement. What a dream come true. If you're in charge of a team, if you're an owner of a team, Second round. Think about the second overall draft choices that have been made in the history of this, <laughs> of this draft, right? I mean, obviously, Ryan Leaf leaps to mind. Von Miller, that's it. Rip the knob off. That's it. That's the guy you want. What a face of a franchise. What a dream come true. What a dream come true. The Teo thing, the question you asked him was interesting because his response was, I think, one of the one of the big reasons that the Broncos drafted me, aside from my on-the-field talent, yeah. which I knew was I'm a locker room guy. I'm, I get along and with And how everybody. many people will say that? You go, what a, what a dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like having some guy say that about themselves, and he couldn't have sounded more. It, it, it was just like, yeah, True. I believe you. Yeah. And you're not saying it. You're not wearing it on your sleeve on purpose. You're saying it because it's true. 
And you are a locker room guy. And you want, you want that guy in, the, in, the, in there. And what he said about Raheem Moore, you know, I didn't say anything to him because, you know, it's a team game. And I think he meant it in a good way. He goes, Raheem's been out of position before, yeah, but no, he meant that in a positive yeah, way. No, he like, did this that. Isn't the first I know. Time, the last time. He did throw his kicker under the bus, though. <laughs> 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 Even though saying, you know, Prates made some kicks, you know. But, they, but he loves the Cowboys and that star. How great was that? You don't hear that very often from a player that's in another city saying how big of a fan he is of another. And he wanted Jerry Jones yes, to draft him. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He's funny football, man, from Texas A&M. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Um, is Dan on the line? Dan Patrick is on the line. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Paul Paps just patched him through. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Very good. He is uh, a longtime friend, and as we mentioned at the top of this 200th podcast, the uh, second all-time guest after Ray Lewis. He was on our first show. He's been on six other times, including this one. The uh, Marconi winner himself of the Dan Patrick Radio Show, Dan Patrick. How are you, Dan? I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I did not know how many times I'd been on, but congrats on 200. That's Thank awesome. you. Thank you. It's longevity, as you know, in this business is rare, right? Wouldn't you and say nobody, that? I took the under. I mean, I, did I, you I, t- who would have thought? <laughs> I, I don't know. Who's setting Is Oberman setting those lines? I don't know who's setting the line on that. <laughs> I think Berman is. I, actually, you know what? It's interesting. We, we're, we're chatting on this day, uh, April 15th, 2013. This is the 16th anniversary of the Big Show Bob Night on SportsCenter. If you were, Did you ever tell that on the podcast? I don't believe I don't believe so, which is why I'm sort of bringing it up now. <laughs> but this oh, is the, so you want to tell it. You're using me as the conduit to tell the story. Well, you are you are uh, a major protagonist in this story, Dan. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you are an integral role. Right, you you have right, a big you, role in this story. Right, you tell the story, okay? Well, I mean, and if I can help. I will. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it, it was back in the day where you and Keith doing the big show, and very rarely did we, meaning thus all of us in the late-night sports center, get an opportunity to sit next to one of you two guys. On certainly, crew. Well, I mean, that's one way to put it. <laughs> I don't know if I'd refer to it as the JV crew. Or but, double A, but I, I didn't <laughs> refer to you guys that way. Or, or James K. Polk High School people from back yeah. in the day as well. Yeah. So, uh, long story short, is Keith went to Shea Stadium on April 15th, 1997, which was the night that Jackie Robinson's number 42 was retired throughout all of Major League Baseball, except for those who are wearing it from now on. And he went there for that ceremony, and you were in the studio at Sports Center. And who did they choose to sit next to you? Bob Stevens. <laughs> Big right. Show Bob. Of course, right? Bob Girl. Stevens. Big Show Bob. Big Show Bob got the seat next to you, and all of us were sort of like, what's up with that? <laughs> what, was the, what was it like from your perspective, Dan? Well, you know, I knew that there was a treasure trove of anchors there who could have <laughs> filled in for Keith, and yes. there was obviously a lot of jockeying for mm-hmm. whenever Keith leaves, who's going to be in there with Dan. And all of a sudden, I come in, and they go, uh, Bob Stevens going to be on the 11 o'clock, and I went, Oh, okay. And because I, I didn't, I, I didn't think that there was anything bigger to it, or that there anybody would read into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how naive I was. Well, nobody's going to read into this, you know. You got Rich, and you got Stewart, and Kenny? everybody else. Linda. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ha- well, Habes, you, Brett you know, Haber. Linda, Linda Cohn was going to read into this. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. 
I am woman, hear me. Roy, you know Elko yeah. was going to go, what Elko. the F? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I got Big Show Bob there with me, and, I mean, he... He had earned his nickname. Tell him how he earned his nickname. Well, he earned his nickname. Well, actually, that's where he became Big Show Bob. <laughs> but what you're referring to was turning it into a verb, which is being Big Show. <laughs> because he always had the penchant for filling every possible final remaining second of a show himself, <laughs> even if he was in a two-anchor situation. Yeah. So if there was 50 seconds left to go... Well, what show. would happen is, at the end of Sports Center, yeah. your producer would get in your ear and say, um, all right, we're going to go to this score and this score, and then you guys are going to have about 20 seconds to wrap things up. Mm-hmm. So you come back, it'll be uh, uh, the Mariners, thanks to Ken Griffey Jr., a home run. They're leading the A's 3-2. That's in the seventh inning, highlights on the late Sports Center. Oh, and this just in, it's a final. Uh, Red Sox with a, a win over the Yankees, 5-4. Uh, to four. Uh, Once again, highlights on the late sports center. You come out on camera, and then you play the role of Big Show Bob. Well, I, and, and, and we would also normally divvy this up in the commercial break, right? You'd say, hey, I'll take X, Y, and you take A, B, and then we'll do Z together. And that was yeah. essentially the way that we divvy up how many seconds there were. But yeah. Bob Stevens, if it was 30 seconds or so, this would <laughs> <laughs> and I'm si- I'm sitting next to you. It would be okay. Well, the Mariners have scored one in the bottom of the second to tie things up out on the West Coast with the Texas Rangers. Highlights of that coming up on baseball tonight, and of course, the late Sports Center will also have the results of the Golden State Warriors taking on the Phoenix Suns, which is almost at halftime right now with that score tied at two. Come on, Ken. All right, that'll and- do it uh, for this edition of Sports Center. And uh, so the next sports are coming up at uh, one a.m. Eastern <laughs> with your host. Uh, Stuart Scott and Linda Cohn for Rich Eisen. I'm Bob Stevens. For all of us here, thank you for joining us and good night. And that's it. So Over. You be on camera and have nothing to say and just sit there like that RCA Victor dog that would just sort of have his head tilted as, as staring, he staring at the at the at the yeah. dictaphone or whatever. Yeah. Oh my God! It was it was just. You get big showed. Big showed, and I would do that to Stuart every time. I loved it, just finding (laughs) out exactly how many seconds there are remaining. And just Stuart would look at me and goes, you're going to do it. You're going to do it, aren't you? I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then I big showed him, and he would just have to sit there smiling. Well, people always wanted to know, like, what are you saying as you go, you know, they they show you on camera, and they're rolling the credits or music or whatever, and you're kind of just sitting there saying, uh, you know, camera's still on you, and you're trying to make small talk with somebody. Mm-hmm. Or you're scribbling. Like Brian Gumbel, after Real Sports, when it's over, he writes, he, he scribbles something. There's nothing on that page. I, right? I don't know what he scribbles, but he makes it seem like I, now this is <laughs> official, Real Sports with Brian Gumbel. And he scribbles something there. But we did a Sports Center commercial where we actually, Keith and I, where we were finished with the show, and that'll do it. Thanks for watching Sports Center. And then you're on camera, on camera, and I'm going, I hate you. That's right. Keith will go, you know, your hair looked terrible tonight. You know what? How- I, I, you ran your fingers through it, you know? <laughs> I, I hope you die. Well, you know? the one that you did with putting the makeup on, that was completely ad lib, too, real. right? That was that real. That was real. Because we didn't have a makeup artist. This is the management people at uh, ESPN. They, would, uh, they didn't think that we needed a makeup artist because, well, after all, who was watching SportsCenter back then? So we're in the bathroom, and who knows if something Schwab is in one of the stalls there. It just left you something over. Yeah, he left a stump. And all of a sudden, Keith and I are doing our makeup, 
And you'd have somebody in there in the stall, and all of a sudden, flushing the toilet. I'm 15 minutes away from doing something on TV, and uh, we, we just laughed at the sort of, sort of the, we really made it here. We're doing our own makeup while somebody, you know, <laughs> dropping a deuce there. And you're going, man, this is good stuff. Wow, we have made it. We are TV anchormen, aren't we? You are. You're the big show. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when we were doing that commercial, that was legit. (laughs) Keith and I would be in there doing our makeup because they didn't want to spend the money on a makeup artist. You have a little too much rouge, I think. That was the line, right? That was the line. Well, well, we were, it was the juxtaposition of talking about hockey guys, how tough they are. That's right. I'm talking about Messier. Messier doesn't need to fight. Scott Stevens, he doesn't need to fight. You know, and then Keith goes, you need a little bit more you know, I was at a Clipper game the other day and noticed at the end of the bench uh, was Grant Hill. And all I kept thinking of was that <laughs> Sports Center commercial you did with him where, where dun, he was playing dun, the piano, dun, right? Dun, dun. In yeah, the lobby. I'd, I'd had a bad Sports Center. Right. And I walked through the lobby and uh, it was like, uh, hey, Grant. Hey, Dan. How'd it go? <laughs> uh, didn't have a good Sports Center. You know, about, about this and this. And this. Well, how about a little of this? Dun. Dun, 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 dun. So it looks like he's playing the piano. I put a dollar in the tip jar and... You know, I said, "Oh, thank you, thank you, Grant." Yeah, you start, I think better. you started tapping the piano. You got into yeah. it. Yeah, you're. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? But that was Wyden Kennedy. We take no credit for what uh, the genius of what those guys did. But Wyden Kennedy created that whole ad campaign, and and then it, it got around to this is Sports Center was an ad campaign, and that's when Keith and I got yelled at in front of management because we were calling it the Big Show. And we were brought into, you know, third floor paneling. <laughs> when, when there's a lot of paneling in there, you know you're yeah. in trouble. That's right. So, so the more wood that's in a room, the <laughs> more trouble you're in. When you start moving out of the prefabricated cubicle oh, yeah. area into yeah. the when wood paneled area. Yeah, when there's asbestos in the ceiling, it's okay. <laughs> when I went into the, the, the paneling, so I go in there with Keith and Mike McQuaid, our producer, and yeah. I know we're in trouble. And, you know, I had... Management guys pounding on their the desk, and they were going to fire us if you can, you know, stop calling it the big show. And so that's when you know we came out of that. They said we want you to say this is Sports Center. And we walked out of that room, and you know, Keith's like, "Oh, be careful what you ask for." So that night is when we went at every at every time we'd end a segment on Sports <laughs> Center, it would be this. Is Sports Center, <laughs> and so they created an ad campaign. This is Sports Center, based no, on that. No way. That's what. Yes. That's where the This is Sports Center yes. came from. Yes, because we refused to. <laughs> say, we weren't allowed to say the big show anymore because uh, Bob Lee and Charlie Stein and Robin Roberts. They they're bothered by oh. you calling it the big show. Do you guys think you're better? Now we mocked ourselves. We, we didn't know who was watching because we they never gave us ratings. So we I didn't know if. You know, 70 people or 700,000 were watching. So that's why we called it the big show, because in our mind, it wasn't. Now so I, we mocked, mocked ourselves. I remember when I, when I first got there in 96, there would be the numbers of the big show posted on the wall with the 6 o'clock Sports Center and also CNN Sports Tonight. Those numbers were posted each day. I remember that. So your numbers mm-hmm. were always... The no, biggest. Really? Yeah, I, oh, that I do oh. remember when I first got in. I remember everything when I first got in there from, you know, Reading, where, by the way, uh, Market 130, where <laughs> I did my own makeup, okay? I did my own makeup in the one bathroom for the entire newsroom, okay? And the news director, almost like clockwork, talk about regular. 
he would go in <laughs> five minutes before I went on the air of the 5 o'clock show every day. He would grab the sports section. He would come rummaging over to my desk like he was showing off. I'm going to grab the sports section and go into the one bathroom and leave my mark just for you to go and do your own makeup in there. <laughs> that I remember. But I remember coming in from Reading and getting there and being part of that whole scene and seeing how, you know, I mean, CNN was a major competitor at the time. Yeah, yeah. well, Nick and Fred, Nick Charles, Fred Hickman, uh, that was a great, great team. And, and Keith and I were working at uh, CNN at the time. So that whole crew, if you imagine what they had back then, you had Nick and Fred, mm-hmm. uh, Dan Hicks, Hannah Storm came in, uh, Gary Miller, myself, Keith Oberman. So that group was uh, was pretty formidable. And then when I was brought in, uh, my former boss John Walsh, he said I'd like to I'd like to bring what you guys did at CNN, ESPN, which was really the start, the infancy of of SportsCenter, where they were actually journalists, where we were breaking stories, and uh, you know you're you're writing your script, and it was it, and that was great. It was great hands on, where somebody wasn't writing it for you. You were mm-hmm. going in there, and you had to you know you spent six or seven hours researching and writing, and then got on the air. So, great, great uh, launching pad for me, going to CNN and ESPN. And then I do remember, I do remember, though, uh, you and Keith were called on the carpet for sort of mocking Larry Beals uh, with authority. His, well, his, Larry his call, the, Sir, no, Lawrence Larry, of, Sir Lawrence, Sir Lawrence, Sir Lawrence of Beale. Of Beale. Yes, what, but Larry what, made the mistake of tugging on Oberman's cape. Uh-oh, what happened with that and one? He made, he said something about one of Keith catchphrases, mm-hmm. and, you know, Keith didn't take it in, in a lighthearted <laughs> way. <laughs> he did not. Go figure. Right. Yeah, and so, all of a sudden, I come in. I guess Larry Beal was working the overnight, and Larry had said something about, I don't know, whatever Keith said. And then Keith came in and goes, DP, <laughs> did you hear about Larry Beal? I said, no. He goes, what he said? I said, I don't know. He goes, it's on. <laughs> so then, then he, he proceeded to want to just kill Larry Beal on the air. And he, it was so in-house with him. Right. With all of these different things that Larry would say, aloha means aloha. <laughs> and, and I'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> so you're just going, I, it was so petty. But it, 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 you know what? Those nights got you through the night. Yeah. Look, how many times can you do Brewers Indians highlights, you know? And then you're, Keith would have the, the, the time that the fact that he did this, I still find incredible. But. He came up with this expression, hello, <laughs> whenever somebody would have an error or a goalie would let through one in the five hole, but he would make fun of Bob Eaton, Bob Eaton, our former boss, who would walk out in the newsroom because management always walked into the newsroom just to make it seem like they were, you know, they're out there with you. They're out there with a daily grind. So here's Bob Eaton who come out of his office and he would walk by us as, as we're typing away to go, hello. <laughs> And so Keith decided that he was going to go, hello, on the air all the time. So somebody would have a ball go through their legs, and he'd go, hello. Bobby <laughs> never knew that Keith was making fun of him every single night on SportsCenter. Well, maybe he does now. He's a consultant he, He's a consultant for game day morning. We, I see him once a week out here in Los Angeles. Well, why don't you just walk up and say, <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do remember that. And and I, I remember the, the Larry Beal night. With, uh, I, what were the other authority? There was Port Authority. Yes, with right? authority. Yes, by the power of uh, the, the, the authority invested in me. <laughs> like he just he kept just ripping, you know, rattling this stuff <laughs> off, and you're going, oh my god! Like never get in the way of if Keith is. No. If he's got dead aim on you, then you know, just you gotta you gotta apologize or get the hell out of the way. <laughs> yes. And I remember when you know Charlie Steiner and Bob Lee, and they would always get upset, you know, that we were getting away with something. You know, I'm working second shift, and you know, we had no idea what kind of audience we had, but we had fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what bothered management is we were probably they weren't watching because they were probably in bed. <laughs> so now we force them to watch because. Who knew what we were going to be saying or talking about? And then it was like, you know, uh, you, you stop with the catchphrase. When they start banging on the desk, and then I'm thinking, oh, my God, they're actually banging on the desk. Who bangs on the desk? Like, it was right out of a movie. I'm angry with them. What did we do? Oh, bang on the desk. That always gets them. You guys are going to get fired. And I'm just going... He's banging on the desk. Yeah, it's like that old those 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 shows where like the commissioner's up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> the mayor is all over me. <laughs> Shapiro, Shapiro <laughs> wants to fire all of you. What? Well, I've heard that one before. Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. It's just, I, do you think it's the same anymore? I mean, because I I watch it because it is still the, it the way it it's still the way that you see everything, you know. Well, and I know that too. Fox Sports One is going to be out in other places. Maybe NBC Sports Network that your show is on every day uh, is going to try and and do battle on that front, but it's still the the way that everybody sees. It's just a different show, you know. But it can't be that way because it's a billion dollar entity. When when we were doing it, you know, it's it's still once again in the infancy of what they were making and and the value and you know you're 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 going out and trying to bid on major league baseball or the NFL now i mean that that's one of the biggest corporations in the world you can't afford to have that um i think it's it's buttoned up i i'll watch i watch news more than i do sports center um just because i just want the news i don't need anything else with it mm-hmm. but I'm, i you know it, it if we were there now um well, i don't i don't think that we could be there now in, in what we did you know, 20 years ago. Just well, I mean, the, the, the thing that I didn't enjoy about it when I left, I mean, it, it, I still enjoyed it, but when I left, it was more, and I don't know if it was because it was the Shapiro time, but it was it was more crossfire where everybody assumed that they'd already seen the highlights and knew the result, and SportsCenter was only about the analysis of it. And my role was traffic cop between two analysts who were going to take the polar opposite view for whatever entertainment purposes come came out of these guys bashing heads, as opposed to just being somebody who wrote a lead in and told a story and played off uh, another anchor's uh, vibe. It changed. Uh, and maybe it's just because of technology, bottom line, I have no idea, but it just changed in my mind. Well, you know what? At one point, ESPN decided that Sports Center was the star, and they didn't care who was doing it. That that we were all replaceable, and that's where they made a mistake. Because I said eventually people are going to be able to get what they want to get elsewhere, and then you're going to have to have personalities. And they went out and they they tried Josh Elliott. And, uh, they brought in Hannah Storm. I think they realized, you know what, we need to keep Chris Berman, Stewart. You, you had to have some personality. You had to have people that. You know, people at least remember their names or at least recognize them. Mm-hmm. And that's where I thought that they made a calculated error where we were told Sports Center's the star. And I went, okay. There were times when 
you could go 20 minutes on SportsCenter and you wouldn't be on camera. Right. Because it, it was all just highlight, scoreboard, highlight, scoreboard. Oh, and we were, and we were counting the on-cameras, too. You oh, were, yeah. You were counting yeah. on-camera. I'm not afraid to admit it. Well, I, I was in uh, that, that discussion. Steve Vacchione was the producer. Vac. And I'm on with uh, Linda Cohn. Elko. And I, I couldn't care about the airtime. I mean, uh-huh. after three thousand sports centers, like I, I got my, I got my airtime. Nobody needs to see any more of me. Yeah. And Elko doing the eleven o'clock is going one, two, three, four. <laughs> she's the best. Five. And I went, oh no, she's counting on, yeah. on camera lens. Oh yeah. oh yeah. And then I had like six, and she had four. And I hear her saying, you know what? Hey, uh, this guy's got six on his board. I'd like to have the Ranger highlights if I can. Like, there's negotiations yeah, going sure. on. Like, I, I, don't, I don't care. It's still an hour. Let me know when I'm out of here, and we'll have fun, and then we'll move on with it. Do you s- the people who got their opportunities right. wanted to have their opportunities to shine, and I get it, but, man, I, I said, give her all, you know, I'll have three. Give her nine. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, that was more work to write the on-camera lean-ins. So I said, yeah, go get them, but... For the most part, considering what it was, it was competitive in a good way. Um, it, now, I don't know how it is now there, nor do I care, but I think that, that people always think that everybody gets along. And it, there, was a, there was competitiveness that, that went on at the mothership, you know, because Berman had his place and Stewart was coming along and, you know, Keith and I were on an island over here. And then, you, I mean, you just had sort of people had. Uh, I'm not going to say there were battle lines drawn, but you knew sort of where you were on the map. Um, and, you know, don't forget that. And, and it's hard to sort of move up there. There were favorites that were play, or you know, always that played in. Uh, guys that just never had a chance. The management didn't like guys for certain reasons. So there was a lot of drama that went on there. Imagine social media back then, Rich. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would have been something else. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd be employed where I am, or a few other guys. <laughs> Fair, would Fairweather be allowed a Twitter account? That's what I want to know. Bill Fairweather would be Bill allowed. Fa- Bill Fairweather was a producer mm-hmm. out of Boston. He still doesn't have. He doesn't do. He doesn't text. He still Fair Fairweet doesn't text still. No, no, oh, he does not text. Lord, but you know Fairweet. Fairweet, one of the great entertainers at the Mothership in the history of the Mothership. Billy Fairweather, Billy F and Fairweather is That's what we right. used to call him. Because these guys were single, and they would go out, and they would like they they, they would we get done with the sports center, right? Go over to like Mark Summer, who was a producer. We go to his house. Mm-hmm. I remember the Red Hot Chili Peppers. We, you know, he had the CD. We sit there. I mean, have some beers. But that was that group back then. I mean, it was the Wild Wild West when I first got there. When we had all of the TV monitors, and then one TV monitor in the right hand corner, right by Kerry Ross's uh, uh, typewriter, was mm-hmm. porn. Oh. And I, I, I just remember I was in there going because I'm going from CNN to ESPN, and I go, oh, that's porn. They got porn in the newsroom, so it'd be like they'd wait till management would leave. So yeah, ten at night, oh, and all man. of a sudden you'd have, you know, the the Angels and the Rangers, <laughs> and then you'd have the, the the Devils and the Islanders, and then you'd have, uh, you know, the Devils and the, the <laughs> Devils versus Angels part two. <laughs> The devil inside, yeah. And there's porn in the right-hand corner, and I'm going, I think this is good. I, I think this is fun. And Carrie Ross, Carrie Ross was an anchor, and she'd be typing away, 
with point, Ron Jeremy right over <laughs> her head, and you're going, oh, oh my God, guys Lord. were betting. It was it was pretty crazy back then. So yeah, I think that the mothership has changed considerably. I would say so. Going on, yeah, no, but uh, <laughs> if if you were asked though, and if someone at NBC Sports. Uh, reached out to you for the NBC Sports Center or anybody reached out to you and said, we want to create an hour-long highlight show to do battle with SportsCenter. How would you build it? What would, you, would, would you go ahead and just say, go get the biggest star you can find? Would you get uh, a bunch of uh, journalists with a sense of humor? Or would you not do entertainment at all? It would just be straight highlights. What, what would you think is the best way to go and battle Sports well, center. I would be completely different. I, I wouldn't go with the feel that it's scripted the way it is now. Um, you know, you sort of, it's already, the, the template, the bl- blueprint has been there, and I, I think that that's where you'd have to change from that. I would just want smart people in there who would look at this and go, let's, let's do this in a way that, that's not irreverent, but you're going to have some fun with it without trying too hard. I think the hardest thing to do is humor, and we were trying to do that with sports, but the one thing I will say this about Keith Oberman, he was able to do straight TV. He was able to do the news portion of it and then have entertainment. Mm-hmm. Where we got out of whack sometimes is we did entertainment and then got to the information, and you can't do that. Information first, information trumps everything. Then if you add an entertainment quality to that, then that's what makes it different. Um, and so I, I would go after people that weren't mainstream but I would go after people who thought in a different way, who still would give you the information, but they could also give you perspective in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Keith did. I mean, you think about it, Keith didn't fit into the cookie-cutter you know, anchor. I probably was more of, okay, that's middle America there. And I do give ESPN credit for that. They, they didn't go after cookie-cutter-looking guys. They were going after guys who could write. Uh, Charlie Steiner could write. You know, Bob Lee, uh, you know, yourself... Uh, Kilborn wasn't a great writer as much as he was delivering a great line, which takes an awful lot of talent. So you had guys who were different, and that's what I loved about the place. Um, that's probably what I would try to capitalize on is let's do something different. Let's analyze you know, the, the enemy. Now how do we make ourselves better or different? Well, before I let you go, I guess we should talk draft real quick. This has been fun. Um, wh- who do you think is number one overall, Dan, when it all said and done? Everyone you've talked to, you've talked to everyone on your show. Put it all together for me. Do you think it's Jokel, number one, for the Chiefs? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> everybody's saying that. Well, it's okay. all it's all just with a sigh when everybody mentions the top of this draft, and then they mention who they think it's going to be. Well, it's amazing. You, you guys have to do the draft. Yeah. Um, I, I can choose to watch the draft. That's the difference. So all of a sudden, if you're going, uh, <laughs> Luke Jokel, and then people are going, <laughs> Like there's, there's, a golf clap? Yes. The second round will be more entertaining than the first round, in my opinion. Well, I mean, Teo, I think that's going to be of interest towards the end of the first round, yeah, see where he's going to go. Geno Smith might be dropping. I yeah, mean, so maybe he's second round. Maybe uh, Barkley right. is in their second round. So I might get more Ryan Nassib. You know, is he going to go to Buffalo with his, his college coach? So I think you might get more entertainment and better names in the second round than the first round. I yeah. It's like the NBA draft. NBA draft is going to be boring, too. You know, a guy who blew out his knee is going to be the number one pick. 
I mean, that'll give you the you know an idea of just how good that the WNBA draft may be the best draft of all of them <laughs> with Skylar Diggins and Brittany Griner. Yes, right. What's that and, say about our sports world? And the Dallas Mavericks may may trade for the number one overall pick in that yeah, draft, from yeah, what I'm reading yeah, about. I can see that happen. Yeah, you know what I mean? So you never know. I know what you mean. And you're going to be – will you be uh, in your New York – you're going to be in your New York man cave for the draft, right? Yeah, but I heard I think, you can't come by. No, it's not that. It's not that. Uh, Fritzy gave me an address that may be south of the Staten Island Ferry Terminal. I mean, you no, are – I mean, you're like practically in Staten Island. We're in the, the village. We'll send you. A, we'll send a car for you. Oh, now those are words that weren't. I, you know what? I can. I can take mass transit. I can do that. I don't need the car, but I just was. Uh, I just need the offer of the car. That's all I need. <laughs> I'll reimburse you for the cab. How's that? Well, I mean, um, surface streets are uh, pretty ensnarled at that hour, Dan. I mean, we I might like just, to, Okay, all right. I, we I might, were, no, we I'll were be there. Told that you know you had a lot of important things going on. Well, day. I've got uh, it's the you you fr- fr- as always Fritz always shoots for the moon. That's what I love about him for you, Dan. And I'm sure you know, I'll D- get Trey Wingo. Don't don't even <laughs> worry about it. Man. You're gonna get how three sticks? Don't get. I'm gonna get three Wingo three. and maybe Susie Culver. So <laughs> if you can't do it, don't what, worry. But about you got it, the sh- right? you, but you got the schwa on your show. You got you got I, him. A I few had him at months the Super at the Super Bowl, I had, right? I had Chris Berman. Oh my God, are you talking? I don't know if the Middies peace accord took as long as us with detente with it was a year and a half for us to get Berman on i went guys come on this is silly you know it finally worked out though what right? am I, you know they they don't they don't want my show to benefit i said i'm mm-hmm. gonna help you guys too by the way mm-hmm. and we'll have chris on well you're gonna say mean things <laughs> no why would you why they, would you well they That's... think i look i there's only people in management that i don't like so I said, unless unless I have management on, no, you're fine. Don't worry about that. Chris Chris was Chris did the first Sports Center I ever did there. He stayed. Was oh, that right? Duke. Yeah, and I said, look, I'm forever indebted. And I, I I've said before, they should name buildings at ESPN after Tom Meese, Chris Berman, and Bob Lee. They're the founding fathers there. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, remember when he got a, an office? They came to us like. Um, sit down i gotta tell you something i go oh my god what we're gonna give chris berman an office i went what <laughs> we're gonna give chris an office i said you should name a building after you. exactly yeah idiots but they give all the coordinating producers these their offices <laughs> and here's berman who's the reason why they're there and i go give 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 him a building <laughs> we're gonna give you better be sitting down when i tell you this we're gonna give chris an office Here's my favorite Berman story, and I don't know if I told you this. I told you, this is my favorite Berman story. Uh, and Chris Law, be at the ready here because it will require a time code. Got the, got the bleeps ready. Okay. <laughs> is that I was there for about a week, and I don't know if I've ever told you this story, Dan, but you remember the banners that everyone, the ESPN banners that everyone would hang yeah, up. Sign. Yeah. Sign, the on air people would sign them, and they would auction off for charity. Great auction items. Great charity auction items. So I remember I was there for about a week. And Berman was doing the Sunday night baseball tonight, and I was doing the Sunday Sports Center half hour before it. And I, I, I thought to myself, when do I? How how long do I have to be here before signing these banners? How many shows do I have to do? Who better to ask than Chris Berman, who was sitting in the makeup chair? I, I introduced myself to him. He couldn't have been more gracious. We chit chatted, and I asked him, "I'm like, who better to ask you this question than this?" He goes, "Shoot." 
And I told him, how many shows do I have to do before signing these things? He goes, have you done a show here yet? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, f- sign them all. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I got the green light from Berman himself. Yeah, and I went right. and signed them all. Like, that was one of my favorite stories. And, and he couldn't have been more gracious, couldn't have been more, you know, I ended up doing a, a couple sports centers with him. Never forget those moments. You're right. There should be a building named after that guy. There's no question about it. But that said, I'm, I'm still the one who's going to come on your show on draft morning of okay, the first we'll round. See. I will be there in person. Can I get two segments out of, out of it at least? I mean, because the trip, the trip mm. is going to be like probably if it's a, an eight, ten-minute segment, the round trip <laughs> is probably six times as long. You know what I'm saying? To get down and back to Midtown. What do you think? <laughs> you know what? Oh, you know what? I got what Dan the... Bickley of the Arizona <laughs> Republic coming in. <laughs> Bickley. It's like fiction. It's like a verb. Yeah. I've been, I'm going to get Bickley. Yeah. When all okay. else fails, call in Bickley. All right. Well, I'll, I'll just um, I will I'll I'll negotiate with Fritz off off um, off offline okay. as they say off air. All right. Dan, thanks for coming on and and uh, shooting it with me here. I appreciate Let's, it. Uh, congrats on 200. Thank you. I appreciate that. Dan Patrick of the, the Mendoza Dan Patrick Show is what we <laughs> have. <laughs> Mendoza Show. I'll be okay. over the Mendoza Show <laughs> next week when right, I'm uh, when I'm on with Dan. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate. Okay. It. All right. <laughs> okay. Peace out. All right. <laughs> Booyah. I could speak to Dan forever. <laughs> I was I was sitting there looking at the at the time and I, c- I couldn't believe it. it was like 23 minutes in to the, you guys talking and it was the ESPN stories were still going. I wanted to ask I wanted to talk about the the Boris Patrick and uh what was it? Kenny Mansky when Kenny they did Mansky. the Russian yeah, outfits. For the and, Center. But how about uh, I never knew the story of how the this is Sports Center. Oh, no, that was uh, campaign began. I never knew that. Well, was Olbermann there? Just well, no, no. Is that well? How how the how? Let's put it this way: how the Sports Center commercial campaign of this, yeah, of this is Sports Center oh, came. Okay. How, how the phrase "this is Sports Center" came to be, and came to be popularized to the point where they put it on the commercial campaign. Right. That is an all timer. I did not know that story. Also, didn't know about the porn. <laughs> that was in the newsroom. Certainly wasn't there by the time I got there in '96. Brockman that got, was all cleaned up. Brockman I, walked in towards the end of the interview, and uh, and he told this. He was telling Rich back in the day it was the Wild West. I think it was had to be late late '80s. Had to, he had to be talking late '80s or early '90s by the time he got there. So the newsroom has you know twelve televisions wide, of course. And after you know the night shift, people would leave at nine p- ten p.m. The last the last screen had po- porn on porn. It. Yeah, just going. <laughs> Incredible. What a different era, man. Wow. Different times. But, I, I mean, and it's amazing. Sometimes I think, you know, I've known Dan for 17 years. 17 years. Unreal. And, again, it was the uh, 16-year anniversary of, of the Big Show Bob Stevens night. Big Show. Oh, well, the, when he brought up Bob Eaton, too. I was, I was, Hello. Bob's down there all the time. David Eaton runs, is, yeah. you know, runs the news know. down here I for know. us. It's great. Hello. <laughs> Um, okay, and so that I mean, Dan. You know, like I said, I've known him for 17 years. 96, February 96 is when I walked in the door at ESPN. It just sometimes I just don't even. It's just like a different life. Yeah, it's been 10 years since I've done a Sports Center too. 10 years, and um, it was 10 years ago at this time that I was in a Sports Center Ideas meeting. Because I left in May of. Wait, of, you, got, you went to meetings? Yes, back I did. In the of day? course, every every show had a meeting. And, they don't um, have five a day. Like exactly, you know. yeah, about the same subject. <laughs> and um, it was in April of 2003, 
because I finished my last sports center was in May of '03, late May of '03, and uh, I started NFL Network November of '03. It was in on April of '03 that somebody had you know at an ideas meetings like let's talk about what what piece we can do a home cooked piece for tonight's show. And people threw out ideas because it was right around the Masters. It was the Final Four was wrapping up. Baseball was beginning. The eighth and final playoff spots are being battled for in both the NBA and the NHL. And somebody, I'll never forget this. This is in early April of 03. Somebody brought up, let's do a story on the NFL. Laughed out of the room. It's not football season. What's going on in the football? I'm like, yeah, the draft's in three weeks. The draft's in four weeks. What's to be done? Nothing's going on. I mean, and they were, people were shooting that person down. Come on, it's baseball season. Wow. It's this and that. They laughed out of the room. Forget it. How things have changed. No, now there are two, I think, on ESPN has two daily football yep. shows live. Yeah. Two live daily football shows a day on ESPN. Different times. Different times, man. No, number one pick in that 03 draft? Was. Is that Carson? I have to look that up. Go for it. Carson Palmer? No. I, I think Number it's one in possible 03. because I remember, hold on a minute, I remember I got married in 03. It could have been. I think it was Carson Palmer because Susie, was it? It was. Susie my then fiance, blew her knee out skiing six months to the day before our wedding. Oh, geez. This was in, so in December of 02, I remember she blew her knee out. She had surgery in early January where they're watching the Orange Bowl that USC and Carson Palmer finished up with in January of 03. And I believe that was the same game where Willis McGahee's knee exploded on national television. You Ooh. were saying about busts at number two earlier when we were talking Von Miller. You mm-hmm. know who was number two that year? Charles, Charles Rogers. Oh. Charles Rogers. Mooch. Mooch. <laughs> was Steve Emptman a number two pick? No idea who that I is. I think Entman was number one. Oh. Entman was number one. Really? Oh, yeah. Entman was the number one overall pick. You want to look that up, please, Mr. You have a computer in front of you. Come it's on. not on. Dude, it's a team effort. Team effort. I would say there is no I in Rich Eisen podcast, but there's, there's two. two. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I, I, I monopolize both of them. Don't no, worry. I'll do it. I'll do it. There's Steve, I, there, no, no question there, Steve Entman was an There's I's and Chris's, so that's fine. Was it 90? Was he the 90? Steve Entman. Uh, was um, pick one overall? Yeah, yeah. in 1990, 92, 92. Boy, you're going way back. You hit the way back machine on that one, dude. Wow, that's one of my favorite like big time busts. He he played at Washington, right? Mm-hmm. University of. So uh, it's time now to stroll further down memory lane on the on the podcast. And who better to do it than uh, our two in studio guests who are who are uh, I could not be more thrilled to to join us in person. Uh, with my two Chris's. Uh, none other than the uh, Grand Poobah of Fox Soccer. Is it Fox Soccer Channel? Fox Soccer Network? What is it? Fox Soccer. Just Fox Soccer. It's Fox Just Soccer. Sir. Jason Wormser, good to hey, see you, sir. good to see you. Good to good see, see you, Rich. Here in person. And that laugh. And that laugh is familiar to so many listeners of this podcast, certainly over the first 200 episodes. She is none other than Kara Henderson-Sneed joining us here back on I, the I like the look on your face when you say that. It's, I just because I love different... it. I love it. I love it. Plus, plus I, the part of that look is because I know you have some thoughts on Chris Law's sort of separated at birth concepts bet- that your husband, ha- uh, that he had about your husband. Wait a minute. Last, By the way, that is week. ridiculous. That is worse than anything I ever said to Michael Crabtree. 
what that he that Chris Law said that Les Snead looks like Crispin Glover. Absolutely, he has that is, he, that is preposterous. He has a a he's like a thirty percent, and then the hair puts nah. it over. You didn't well, get percentage. Why is this no. such an insult? Young what Chris- the hell is a Crispin Glover? <laughs> Crispin Glover. It's similar to a Hot Pocket. Cliff Crispin Glover was um, Marty McFly Senior. Jo- George oh, McFly. George McFly. Creepy, creepy back watched, to the future I watched, dad. I watch bad 80s, 80s movies once in a while. Bad 80s movies? Why? Well, I was one, one. Dude, it's it like you see it once. It was a good once. 80s movie. You see it once and move on. It's You know, it's funny, though. It, I've it, seen Back to the Future a hundred times. Oh, yeah. And th- I think Twice. it's time for them to remake it. But but to your point, yes. Les has been, I, I don't, I, the word shouldn't be accused, but everybody thinks he's somebody else. He's been doppelganged He's been times. doppelganged. Like, and Doppel- even yesterday, like Chris Mortensen kept tweet- texting him, telling him he looked like Brent Snedeker. Brent Snedeker Not from the Not a chance. I thought he was J.C. Snead, the old golfer. With the visor. And, well, he's, his name is actually, you know, as, is he a Snead? As he's, he is a Snead. He's which, a Samuel which? Snead. Samuel Snead. Oh, he's Samuel from, from, from... He's not actually no. from that he's tree. He's from that tree? He, no, 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 he just would claim to be if, if, if it, it helped. If it helped. <laughs> I will tell you something. By the way, Slam I don't know Sammy. if he ever used that to pick up girls or anything. That Slam would be weird. Sammy had enough swing. For the golf, the golf, the, the golf biddies of, no, of yeah. Alabama? No, they would know of Sam Snead is. Slam and Sammy, he had the sweetest swing. He did. Did he? I saw him play when, with it, the ladies? or But I don't, no, just, I don't think a young Christian Glover is a, anything to be a son of a four-time ass as well. Let's ask Okay, let's so, ask so, so I'm going to tell I you, mean, but I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to say the hair sometimes can get, if it gets a little, I can see that, but no. The high cheekbones, I see what you were going with, but no, he's too creepy looking. Have you ever so, been at so the Under t- so the, the Sea people. dance with him before? <laughs> the enchantment, the enchantment <laughs> Under the Sea. Have you, ever been in, have you ever been to an enchantment Under the Sea dance? No, I have not. Okay. I have have not. you ever been in a DeLorean with him? <laughs> I did see a DeLorean the other day still <laughs> on the road. Really? They're all over was, Los Angeles. It was yeah. awesome. Was it, all, was it Biebs? Or was he at the Anne Frank house by that point? Oh, he is. Oh. I got to tell you. <laughs> this, Your thoughts on this, Justin Bieber, Jason. This is the end so this is the problem for yeah. the Ute of today, right? The Ute. The two Utes. Just the, the morons. This guy is What do a, you call that gesture you're doing a, there with your finger? I'm, I'm, ready, to, like I'm a, ready to... Uh, yeah. It's a mixture... Mud on. He's a uh, Yeah. It's, 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 it's <laughs> kind of yeah, like that. Yeah, right. He's just, he's just a moron. He's a moron. I don't know what he sings. It's crap. He's crap. He should be out, just like Welcome back out. Away. By the way, he should be just out. out. Just he's just just but he, you know typical. He, but at least he went to the Anne Frank house to well, start. Well, but to work. write that, it's just do you have he's the ego is so large, right? It's just beyond. Maybe he thought that Anne Frank could have been a believer. Well, at some point. well, that's it, delusional <laughs> and egotistical. Okay. And, and just, it's crap. And it's, and it's crap. he's crap. And his hair is crap. Okay. And he should be bald like you oh, and like I Chris hope, and I. And that would be hot. I hope Worm hasn't <laughs> yes. tried to date any Justin Bieber fans because she just got a rant on the first date. Who? Yeah. Just any of, you know, I, Why we got to catch I, back up with the, the dating people, scene. The people I date. Because <laughs> it's, been, it's been 190 way, episodes way, since we I don't we've date 18-year-olds. <laughs> or 15-year-olds or whatever <laughs> listens to that Michigas. <laughs> Complete crap. I knew, going, I, 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 knew, I knew going Beebs right off the it's bat like we, with Worm. We, we picked up right where we left with off. My, uh, worm, worm, if I ever had a... It's unbelievable. If I had, if I had a... 
just made Worm star in a sitcom. It would be called My Favorite Zionist. Yes. That's what it would be called. Hey, everybody. Radical Zionist. My, is a good that's line. my radical Zionist. It's a good line. Ask my favorite Zionist about uh, Justin yeah. Bieber's uh, missive. Just. His, what he wrote down in the Anne Frank house. Um, so do you have anything, wrapping up uh, the postscript of our last conversation from last week, do you have anything on that? Or I what? don't have a casserole. I, if I hadn't just <laughs> flown in, I was going to bring in a casserole. I like yes. casserole. I, you do like a casserole? My mom See, makes this a phenomenal... Your mom makes a lot of great stuff. She makes this phenomenal uh, uh, vermicelli casserole. She doesn't make it anymore because she just stopped. She just, just you're done. You're out. No more. Oh. And it's, oh, it's... She it's retired tight. from casserole oh, making. Phenomenal. I went the other way. I feel like I should be now making casseroles since I've been gone. Pick up well, well, get you the, the, Les, you know? Les says that you have threatened... I have threatened. That is the exact term that he yes, should use. That's what he said. I can make a really nice casserole. You, I really can. And by the way, vermicelli would, is another one of those <laughs> names of those that sounds names. like what sounds those, like a baseball name. Correct. That that Brockmeyer sounds like you know here's and here's vermicelli. Here's vermicelli. One of us. Uh, two, two to vermicelli. Holy cow! It just outside. For just a outside. <laughs> vermicelli turns two. <laughs> 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 and Huckleberry Compote is on That's deck. That's still the best. Huckleberry, Huckleberry Compote. Compote. Yeah, it's still the best. It's quite delicious on toast. <laughs> or a piece of challah. <laughs> so where do we where do we where do we go with this conversation? I was just going to throw it out there, for, Cara. Do you have any? I mean, you. I was just. Try, you where know, do we go with the two hundred podcast little, conversation? I got a little pensive. You did. I did because you know when you think back over all of the things that have happened. The, Since the first podcast. The stupidity and silliness or, oh, stu- or, in, oh, or in our lives? In our about. lives, yes. stupid, stupidity and silliness, mm-hmm. you know? I hadn't even gone out on a first date with my now husband, right. and I was still actually employed <laughs> <laughs> during the first podcast. You talked me into yes. going on Twitter I did. the first time I was I on. did. I did. And look how well that's worked out for you. Yeah, so there you go. Mm-hmm. How many followers do you have right now? You're you're north. You know, of 20, it goes 000. up and down a little bit. It what goes, do you mean it goes it's up just, and down. It just it's just north of twenty thousand, and then on a bad week, all of a sudden it'll you'll you'll see like twenty or thirty people go away, and really? then something will come back, and it's just very funny. That's odd. Twitter casserole is, week. Twitter is an it's odd casserole thing. week. It is it's casserole week. What it about is. you, Worm? How many how many are at Worm, worm underscore sixty six? No, still probably thirteen hundred or so. That's that was a podcast bump you got so, back in the day. Oh, yeah. At man, Worm it's, underscore it's 66. Like, it's like, I will say this. Worm is a must-follow around any political event. Oh, please. Yeah. Yes. There's no How about question. yesterday's Masters coverage? No one was better than me. Worm's clocking in at... Uh, Masters coverage. Was no one was better good. than me. I sort of went Thorbjorn crazy. Oh, you, oh. Yes, you did. <laughs> I, t- people, I texted you. And people I was, people just didn't get it. I was like, at the airport and following along, awesome. and I texted... Richard right, Chamberlain line was good. I, I must admit. That was the one I got, guy. Hello, I'm above 40. That's right. Okay, I'm not... Bieber, whatever that is, that fool. I think my first one was. You I know, like, is that the first Thorbjorn in the history of yes. of um, and of of the Masters leaderboard? Yes. And then uh, well, Thomas Bjorn's probably been up there at some well, point. No, but Thor. Uh, it's just this Thorbjorn or Torbjorn, which right. what I'm told is how right. they pronounce it. Yes. And then uh, and then I started getting tweets where people just went crazy. So then I that Nance's victory law, if he wins, is the the Thorbjorn Thor, Thorbjorn supremacy. <laughs> Yes, it was good. And then I went out with that one. Like many people would say, <laughs> Shogun was his finest, but uh, he, Richard Chamberlain was never better than in the Thorbjorn. Yeah, sure. I like that. I was in Thorbjorn yesterday. Well, that's what somebody so tweeted me back. I love some, that movie. Somebody, somebody tweeted me back saying, Rich, it's just a name. Relax. And I wrote back, Please, I know. I wasn't just Thorbjorn yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that, that was at one point when somebody texted you, you've lost your mind. I lost my mind. I'm like, wait, I'm not done. Because somebody's like, are you drunk? And I'm like, no, my, my drink doesn't have a Thor Bjorn on it. <laughs> oh, gosh. The best. It just kept. It couldn't. It, it just was too much. Were you seeing point. any of this? Yesterday? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, ridiculous. It was, it was great. It was amazing. It was great. I was at the airport. That was keeping me occupied. Right. Nothing's better than a master Sunday. God, I, said, I mean, it, I, oh, I cleared it's the schedule. So fun. I didn't move both days. Six hours. Well, right? I, I had. A, I was working. I got back, but I put on tape delay. You could zip through it on, on TiVo. Mm-hmm. You know, get to the junk that you don't care about. Anyway, you, it, you just don't want to move. The beauty of it is that it's there's no commercials. There's only four minutes of commercials per hour because that's their handshake contract. Mm-hmm. And so you can't move because you're going to miss something. It's incredible. But you have That's TiVo. the greatest part about it. It's, it's fantastic. Just that, I mean, the fact that you're going to sit on your couch and watch people in the most beautiful outdoor place for, for hours on end. Well, I it, love it. Yeah, and it's I've, and it I've does, covered it's, it. It doesn't do it justice, does I've it? I've covered it four times. And it is, it, there is a smell, a smell. It, it, it smells great. The flowers blue. It's just different. I cannot explain oh, it. It looks like it's, it's been vacuumed. <laughs> like, it really right. does. There isn't a cup on the ground. There is. There's no. There isn't a leaf out of place. It's unbelievable. Now, but the thing is, I, I like. I love how CBS shoots some of these shots sometimes through branches. You know, just yeah. giving you. They're. They're. They're, they're giving. They, I mean, they don't have to do that. They do that on purpose. The thing I want to know. Is I'm hearing birds like Bill McAtee has got a cockatoo <laughs> with him. <laughs> in, got, in the, you know in they the got booth. trouble. They, they got, they trouble, got trouble a couple years, years ago. ago on Do it. they pipe in they bird pi- noise? That's what I'm wondering. They, they piped in. They piped in, in the they caller. I want to say, what is the number of what is this hotline number that people noise? can oh, call I, in? I don't. I've I remember that it's happened a lot of times at golf tournaments I've covered, and it was like, where did they get that? We were always saying, who who calls Augusta? Well, basically, they they called. The com- the competition committee. So they're higher ups, friends of the competition committee, who have the who have the text. They just text it out. That's all it is. So so it's not Joe Blow sitting so there on his Fred, couch and calling. No, because I wouldn't want to be that. No. whoever answers the phone. Fred, I mean the it's, crackpots that must call. Did no. You see, did you see Lindsey Vonn's ex husband's oh, tweet about that? That was great. That was great. I was great. Oh, yeah. I, I missed it. Oh, I must have he said something about, you know, like, yeah, I'm sorry. Somebody's uh, got to watch out for those cheaters. Yeah, you're, welcome, then, you're welcome, Augusta. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It was pretty good. Pretty funny. That was well, back to the level. Back to the but, bird. Somebody somebody called in, like a local Georgia bird expert, and said yes. that bird you're playing is not indigenous to the region. That's right. And they called out CBS. CBS had to issue an apology yeah. saying wow. they're trying to up the but broadcast. In, in, in all honesty, oh. in all honesty, though. There are birds there, and there are lots of them. I'm sure. Because they have, on, on 11, there is a big, gigantic birdhouse. And, like, you see birds just going in for some food. That's yeah, where what, the microphone is. But yeah. when you hear the bird tweeting on the tee shot, and then you're following the ball into the fairway, and the bird is still tweeting just as loudly. It's like, where is the bird? I don't know. Where don't is dick. the bird? And, 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 again, who calls in? What if, what if viewers could, could do that for the NFL? Do you remember Giants when we hotline. started? Do you remember when we started? We had uh, we had the rant line. Yes, right. Sure. Here for total access. Yes. I love. We the had rant a rant line, line where yes. people would just call one eight hundred NFL rant or something like that, and they were able to it's just amazing. rant, and we cut it up, and it was great. Yes, it was. But I think we pulled sort of uh, an an unindigenous bird type moment in one of our first ones where we had Selleck 
our one of our uh, production assistants call in and bitch about his lions. The rant was real, right? But it wasn't some like he was a person. plant. He was a plant. Yeah. <laughs> he was a plant. He was he was indigenous to NFL Network. That's funny. You know what I mean? We That's did, funny. I think we did that. <laughs> I like, do remember that week two. Yeah, week two of Total Access, and one of our favorite moments uh, of Total Access. I, I found the email the other day was uh, when we played Family Feud. Yes. With our guys, which was the K- with KGB, with, with well, well, it was it was our guys, which was uh, Seth Joyner yes. and Ken Norton Jr. Yep, and against the uh, the Baja Bimbel brothers, yeah, Kabir and Akbar, yes, who works with and, us now, and, and yeah. I was your host. You I were the host. Your, I was your voice. You were the host. I was the Let me voice. See if I can call this up and continue this conversation. <laughs> Did you have this the microphone? Was, Did you have the little skinny I mic? I don't I think, think no, so. We didn't have the skinny mic. Because the food props didn't have department that. wasn't around. But yeah, there's the no co- wait. But did you, but he, did he you kiss Dawson? everyone like Richard Dawson? He played Ross. I was saying, I was just saying, he didn't kiss everybody. Like, did you kiss everyone? Hold on a minute. I think I, I think was, I still have this. It was a great. It was great. It was so. so that's what, I mean, that's comedy. old school days. We, right did, we had we had Leonard Maltin on. You did. We had Leonard, Leonard Maltin, Maltin on doing during the first Oscars. The first Oscars, and now we have Jim Morris Senior on for us. Hang on. The the line, of course, the line who steals it. So Seth is sitting back there with Kenny. And they're just eating popcorn. They're just minding their business, eating popcorn. And he just and Ke- was it Kenny on the back end? Yeah, Kenny on the back end just goes. It was a tour. It was a tour de force. Oh, it made, it made me laugh. It made me cry. And it just yeah. Leonard Malton. His picture's still here. Killed everybody. It was just deadpan. Boom. Kenny was. He killed. Every, I think even Leonard lost. It. Here we go. It was phenomenal. Here we go. Uh, I have here. It is right here. I have it. No, no, no. Don't look. Oh, God. There were four categories. Top five. There were five answers in each one. First one was best football movie. F- first b- best football movie. Third Top five answers on the board. Set. Uh, number five was Gus the Kicking Mule. Oh, f- phenomenal. Four, North Dallas 40, Rudy, which I, I think was against my better judgment. Uh-huh. Uh, remember the Titans' longest yard. But here's my favorite one. <laughs> Things you can pull on a football field. <laughs> Wow. Top five answers on like the board. A, that sounds like a worm <laughs> category if I've ever heard of it. You want to go? Go for it. Groin. Groin was number one. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my favorite one. Number two was guard. Guard, yeah. Okay. okay. Number three, starting quarterback. Ah, like Number that. four, hamstring. <laughs> number five, which nobody guessed. It was my favorite moment where it's like, show it. Ding. Finger. <laughs> uh, finger. Finger. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, this is, you came up with this one, clearly. Essential items for a tailgate party with number one being fire. Yes. That's fire. you. And then number me. three, this has you all over it, Worm. Number two was meat. And number three was grog. Yes. That was definitely that was you. Me. That was definitely you. That was me. It was. It was. Oh, back this was pre-distribution days. The, this was uh, the email date was Friday. Uh, email date Friday, May fourteenth, two thousand four. It was. Wow. We oh did a gosh. lot of great, great fun things well, back I then. I mean, you when, and I, you dragged me to the Fountain of Youth. We went to the Fountain of Youth. We went to see Ponce we, de Leon. Right, we went to Ponce de Leon at the, uh, at the Super Bowl. At the Super Bowl to do stand-ups. Guess whose idea that was. Ponce de Leon. I remember I'm standing in the cave. And you and you, did and, we, good, and you weaved it beautifully. That was the thing. You kind of, it's because it was, I forgot who was the old guy we were talking about. We were, there was somebody old. There was so, I don't kind of weaved it together. It was like, 
genius journalism right there. It was like, yeah, it was, <laughs> it just, the yarn was perfect. It was, was it, great. Was it, was it, we were coming was the it, Patriots. It was the Patriots and the, uh, it was the Patriots and Eagles Super But we were doing Ball. something on the, on, on, we were doing something on the Patriots though. Some old person. Oh, the old player, player. On, the, on, the Super on, the, on the Super Bowl. That's 2005. Oh, yeah. Oh, Troy Brown. Troy Brown is the only one I could think of. I don't know. What it, 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 was, it was good, though. It was spot on. <laughs> spot on. These we are the, the kinds of gems that we missed when Worm left. Um, let's get, let's uh, roll through some uh, podcast memories that were tweeted into us. Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. and, these, I, and these are people who are going to be... Stand-ins at the draft. Like, no, no, these are these are just uh, people, people that tweeted okay. using the hashtag RDP uh, two hundred. All right, but, go um, for it. Read some out. Okay, Ken Bulland at Magic Power seven thirteen. Favorite episode: Remembering Steve Sable uh, made me realize how important the Sable family was to the growth of the NFL. That was a good one. That was definitely yeah. a, a good one. Uh, Miguel Rangel loved the Chris Cooley episode and the prank call. Did you hear about this one? No. Is that he? Um, one day I'm out at dinner with Susie, and I. You know, look down at my phone and a missed call. Who is it? It says Chris Cooley. <laughs> now, Cooley was on like eight months before saying that he's an excellent prank caller. Right. And he's going to get Ni- me one 19 day. months before. 19 months Remember, before? It was 19, 19 months. months before. Yeah. Okay, 19 months before. He's an excellent prank caller and he's going to get me. And I'm like, okay, no problem, buddy. There's no way you're going to get me. I look down, and, and I have a missed call from Chris Cooley. Listen to the message. Do I still have it? Uh, I might still have it. Actually, I still do have it. You bet I do. You bet I'm never going to let this thing go. Let's see if we can play it, and I'm going to hold it to my, my microphone right here. Seriously, here we go. Rich Eisen, how are you? This is David Dunn. Just giving you a call. Hey, I would like to discuss an opportunity uh, with Ray Lewis. There's a, a few offers on the table. Ray is interested in working with you guys. How terrible and is this? I would like to he does give his phone number, too. So. Uh, see what you're interested in. I'm not going to promise anything, uh, but I would like to speak with you. Uh, I was told that as far as decisions go, you're the guy. <laughs> he, you know what's great is that actually probably got rich. He's like, he knows. He knows. Yeah, no, I am I'm the, the guy. guy. Hold on. You about, uh, about Ray's future. I know you guys protect the athletes as, as, as good as anybody. I know you guys do. Listen to him ramble. It's terrible. Give me a call back. I would appreciate it. Then he gives his number. I, 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 I out of sheer, out of sheer, okay. uh, out of sheer respect, okay. I will not First play. First of all, number. I knew that was how Chris bad Cooley. was that. First of all, it was bad. Second of all, I knew it was Chris Cooley. So did I because he because didn't block his number. <laughs> right. yeah. Beyond that, his cadence, the way he talks. I Hello. remember him. I remember this is him. David Dunn. Uh, how about this? You love this one. You'll, let's let's take another step back. The <laughs> Drew, <laughs> the Drew Brees golf tournament. He was in the Drew Brees That's golf right. tournament. Right. And he remember we did a, we did something the day before at the other course. It was uh-huh. like a warm up day or something. It was closest to the pin and all that stuff. And I just remember he's just kind of this hit his language slow yeah. Yeah. drawl in Utah. It was the yeah. worst prank that attempt was awful ever. Worst prank attempt ever. How are you? How are you? <laughs> so I called it. So I texted him back saying, "Hey man, uh, David, thanks for the opportunity. I'd love to." talk with you about this can you call me at such and such time tomorrow because <laughs> i knew we would all be in here it was during a playoff game yeah, it was a saturday oh, yeah. and i'm like 
uh, and and he's like, sure, no problem, Rich. Uh, just give me a call at a certain time. I'll I'll, I'll let Ray know you're interested. Like he's still trying, you know. And and we came in here, taped the response, recorded the whole conversation. And I'm like, man, David, you know, uh, how's it been so long? How are your kids? What are what are how old are your kids now? And he goes, uh, they're uh, 14, uh, 10, and eight. <laughs> And then you tell you went into like one event and, you're, and he goes, "Good times, yeah, good times, yeah. yeah, good times, good times." Like, t- <laughs> and then he still thought that you actually thought it was him. Which yeah, was and he goes, "I got you." I'm like, "No, you didn't get me, you moron." Classic. Uh, good. Give me another one. Give me another um, one. This one's a way back in the day. Uh, this is uh, J- John Mc. Farveland, Farveland, uh, the Randy Moss midweek special about his hissy fit with the local catering company. Yeah. We, had, we had the Ooh. local caterer on. Oh, yeah. I think you may have been on that podcast specifically, or you were, right, yeah, Karen. Sal Remember that? something. Sal. Remember when Randy Moss would got traded to the Vikings? Oh, yeah, 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 and he complained about the food. And, yeah. he, and he apparently screamed at the local caterer. Yes. And we got that guy on the phone, Yeah, right? got him on, yeah. That was a good one. That was, uh, that was actually a Matt Lathrop one back in the day. Was it? That, that's how long ago it was. That's how long ago that was. How, uh, long, how long has this been going on? How long? Is that, yeah. what, that sounds like a song. How long it? has sounds, this that, been? That sounds like a motel. How long has this been going on? Come on. Week one of the 2010. Is that, a, is that, is that the Doobies? No, it's it's either Ambrosia or Michael or, McDonald. No, or like a little Michael little McDonald, River Band. Little River Band. Um, this has been going on since week one of the 2010. I think season. it's I think it's Little River Band. Everybody, I think so. Um, I've got one here from uh, at Robert Carnell 13 on the millionth download episode. Kara did a shout out to some Twitter followers, including me. Yeah. Aww. So that was amusing. Hey, he here's another shout out to you on the 200th. To at Robert Carnell 13. To at Robert Carnell 13. Did we decide that you actually should shout? Remember, that was the, the question, whether or not you should actually shout. What do you mean? Shout. And a shout out. Oh, you should. Yeah. You know? Like, like. Physically, physically yell, yell right. yeah. when you shout somebody out. Yeah, That's I'm afraid true. to try that. Don't, right now. don't, don't hurt your shout your to dulcet the top. Tones. Well, don't hurt our ears. Uh, John, John Nelson liked uh, Chris Brockman calling out Michael Crabtree. Yeah, he did this the other day. I got, I got a lot of Crabtree. No, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Let's get there. Let's he, get well, their thoughts on, on this. Because he's garbage. Real quick. Real quick. Hold on a minute. Did I just say that? Yes, you did. Okay. Which, which is definitely, by the way, Brockman far more insulting than what you did. What? Just call him garbage. Yeah, exactly. Far more insulting. But, but not to his as face. you said, as you said, this was less insulting than Law calling Kara's husband Crispin Glover lookalike. Stand by that. Let's hold on a minute. Let's. Keep by the this way, look our... up Ken Wisenhunt. He gets Ken Wisenhunt a lot. That's they do true. look like they're brothers. That is, if Ken Wisenhunt like had, the, younger... had the hair to go for it. So if he had the Snedeker hair or the Crispin <laughs> and Glover and hair. And here's the other thing: Les is like what? He's huge and ripped and in shape. Crispin Glover is like 130 pounds. Hold on a minute. Let's just keep this in your mind's eye as we tell you this when Crabtree was sitting in the very seat in which you were sitting, oh, Kara, a few okay. weeks ago. Um, I'm done with the interview. It's a little laugh line where I ask him if he was the one who unplugged the uh, the plug in the Superdome because they were losing. Ha! Ah, so he's going to go out the door a little on a light note. <laughs> Good. Okay, you're a producer. Fun. You understand. Got That's it. Try to Don't. do. Yeah. I had a question. Rich. You did have a question. I've got a question for you, Michael. And uh, the question was: Is will you look at Anquan Bolden's Super Bowl ring? Will you want to see it? Will you want to see it? And we all understand the connotation of that. Okay. That's good, right? You asked the question. His response was, well, you know, I've seen Super Bowl rings before, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I might look at it. 
I might look at it. So he gave him that answer, okay. and that was it, because he understood what it connoted. Well, Hold on a minute. Uh, to which point he then goes, well, it's because, you know, he got that ring by beating you. And is that going to be any source is of inspiration? Is that going to be any source of inspiration or no, or whatever? Something. Yeah, pressure. Pres- pressure or whatever. You want pressure. Pressure. What was the look on your face? My look was like, what are you doing? And, but Crabtree's look was priceless. Really? Yes. <laughs> He was basically and 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 because well, he, he was kind of turned like this. He left. So okay, 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 am I playing oh, oh, the part yeah, yeah. now? So Michael Crabtree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Crabtree. He kind of went like this and went like turned. And, and I'm looked, just sitting here like this. And I'm like, like <laughs> I wish my, my iPhone was out of batteries. I would have snapped the photograph of like the. It's sort of like what you talking about. Willis. I was just gonna say that. Sort of that I sort of look. I was just gonna okay? say that. It was that bad. What? Yeah. And we we it was an awkward ending. Yep. I Very. called him out in front of Crabtree, who then walked out the door muttering and then said something again. I'm gonna. What do you say? I'm gonna. I'm gonna get you. Yeah, like exactly. I can't was, believe you would ask me that question, man. Yeah, I mean, he was. He took it well, but he was not happy with it. Let's just put it that way. Well, and I told. I told. Maybe I he should have caught the game-winning pass. Is what's worse? Is that worse, or is it worse calling less Crispin Glover-like? What's worse? What's more offensive? Ooh. What's more well, offensive? Gotta, I think. I think the fact that it was right here. Yes. Yeah. It was right here. Yeah, I, I can just there. feel. Yeah. I can I feel, feel the tension. tension. Yeah. Man, I didn't know there was this much hate for Crispin. Though I thought that that was a compliment. Like, he's a. That's not even George close. George McFly. Dude, he's a freak. It's not even close. <laughs> I mean, he's, in real he, life, he's, he's got not even some close. Weird things going on. Yeah. But he's weird in the movie. He's creepy I mean, in the movie. <laughs> he has that what David Letterman appearance where he's like so strange. And by the way, the movie that she's referring to is everything he's ever been. That's why. So you don't uh, have to pick you the, any specific. It's his entire <laughs> oeuvre. He walks in. He walks into the uh, to the diner and he goes, "Give me a milk, chocolate," and it slides down the bar too. I've seen the film. Come on, oh. I've seen the movie, Chris. I've seen it. He's acting. All right, let's keep going here because we don't have all day with these folks. Yeah. Um, um, the avocado story came up a few times. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is it a Haas avocado? Um, <laughs> which one Is was it? Is it Joe Montana That's always? That's me falling out of the tree. Yeah, no, no, I know. Remember the story with your ex-girlfriend right. who came in here to tell the story. She did. Did not um, back up my version of the story. No, because you you, wow. you sort of. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of love on this show. Oh, wow. Dating so. talk. Really? Get, yeah. Well, Warren, what are you talking about? We got all oh, your dating I stories. I, I, I don't like think I ever brought an ex no. in here. No, I, I well, we try to hook uh, Sp- Spond and Daft Harry. Yes, uh, we Spoon. Tried, Spoon with your kindergarten. W- with your kindergarten. Yeah. How'd that go? Spond and Daft Harry. She's now, she's now getting married, I believe. <laughs> or, or, or she's joined <laughs> the to, convent. One or the other. Not, not, not to, to Spoon, a, I to presume, a Ford right? descendant. To a who? Like of the Ford Motor Company. So really? she could get Lions tickets. She could get Lions tickets for Mark Selleck if he, if That's he right, so desires. For Selleck. So, 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 I'm, I'm not, so Spoon I don't, I, is not yet. Well, then good for Spoon then, because when you lose, you want to lose to the person who goes the whole distance, right? Oh, yeah. You want to lose to whoever wins the championship, unlike Syracuse. Wow. But do you want to lose to the Lions? Huh? Do you want to lose to the Lions? Worm got some love, too. <laughs> I got love. Yeah, Z- Zanzibar <laughs> McFat, uh, McFate wrote, The Worm is still one of my favorite recurring guests. I'd love to see him back. And you're going to love this, Mr. So- Fox Soccer's favorite spelled with a U, buddy. International. There you go. What was that? Favorite was spelled with a U. Favorite. Oh, misspelled. Yes. Not, mis- not if you're yeah, British. Yeah, British, yeah. Sure. Dude, what does that mean? That's I always probably say half that. your I viewership. Say that. I say that all the time. Do you say schedule Canadians. now? No, but, our, but we've got our, our new executive producer is from England and does, and we ha- we just make fun of him. Do you? Yeah, I go center, misspelled. Because <laughs> it's, it's C-E-N-T-R-E. Yes. Center, misspelled. What? 
center misspelled. Canadians are the same way. It's, you know, because it's all, their, all the, the arenas. The Bell Center in, in Montreal, right. the Canadians play, it's is our, Bell Century. No, no, no. Bell Center. I've got a, it's a new, a new nickname for Worm, the Tolerant Zionist. The Tolerant. Okay. Tolerant Zionist. Sure. But I'm glad. Um, I'm here to help. Here's another one. The Worm was always good listening all the way from Scotland. Great podcast. Of course. For the good work. That's from Who was that from Scottish Nigel Spackle? No, 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 that was Scottish from, Claymores, that everybody. Was, no, somebody whose who's, uh, who's Twitter handle is Super Furry Animal. It's a whole other discussion, Worm. <laughs> Scottish Claymores. Come on. Super Furry Animal, everybody. Excellent. And uh, our, our friend, they our do friend Spackle. Patty Cake says the uh, you hitting Adam Carolla twice in the nether regions yep. with oh, that the was pigskin. Yep. Is, uh, and and then Kara Henderson's You Have a Podcast. Wait yeah. a minute. You have a podcast? <laughs> yes, I do. I remember uh, when that was first uttered. That was pretty funny. We mm-hmm. were in the studio, and Spoon was trying to get you to do something, and you were, well, I, you know, I got the podcast. Yeah. Is that my imitation? <laughs> is, you imita- is, that, is that an imitation with the hands and everything? Spoon, uh, Spoon was trying. Is that trying, an imitation? Spoon was trying to get Spoon. something done and had that look like, oh, how am I going to deal with this? And mm-hmm. Okay. And the phrase was born. <laughs> You have a podcast? Wait a minute. Um, Jim, uh, somebody, many people like Jim Brockmeyer's Tebow Ray Lewis quote. Yes. Which Jim. was, uh, <laughs> boy, that Tim Tebow is, uh, <laughs> is that Tim Tebow is really something. You know, he's got all the leadership ability of Ray Lewis and throwing ability of Ray Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is the greatest. Brockmeyer. He is. The, you know, they're, they're doing a movie. The, the funnier Brockmeyer movie? People. Yes. Yeah, yes. On. That's full awesome. on, full on movie? Yes, full on movie. Oh, yep. what are the chances we get in that movie, Rich? Uh, I think, oh, I think, uh, uh, very good, very right. good. Well, when he I used to come on, card. well, Hank used to come on during the uh, the fantasy on on Fridays. So oh, the sure, football, yeah, or picking games, picking games, oh, celebrity picks, just celebrity picks, unbelievably funny, just the just. Well, you, you know, what we always still today beast. we still refer to the Panthers as, as a noble, noble beast because sure. we asked him to do Apu. a pick is Apu. Yes, and he goes the pa- I choose the Panthers. Mm. They're a noble beast. <laughs> <laughs> we you still refer nice to the Panthers. Well, you know, I hang around Hank long enough, I can try and steal his stuff. He likes a good curry too, Rich. Hello. Um, what else? I don't know. More English. So stuff, what? Though. What? What? What else can we do here? What um, else you got? You well, got we, were gonna, we were going to do the Twitter roulette, but we are running a little light on on time for the the six uh, the six winners. So what we'll do is uh, make sure you're following at the Eisen Podcast, and we will uh, we'll follow you back and then direct message you uh, for the six people that are going to be uh, able Give to come up. Give them a shout out. We can't do that. What? You want to do it right now? Yeah. You got enough time? I have a few memories okay. too. Oh, okay. okay. Wait a minute. Yeah. Why don't you call? You do the roulette in oh, in oh. in abstention. Got it. Well. While Brockman yeah, fills just, time. just filling out some of my uh, – I was on the plane back from um, uh, Minneapolis from the East Coast, my Planes, Trains, and Automobiles tour that I was on last week that uh, included the Final Four in Atlanta. Yes. Wait a minute. You went to the Final Four? He did. I uh, you went to that. the Final Four? I did. Uh, that was a joke. I follow him on Twitter. Oh, okay. Get it? Get it? Get it? Did my you go to the Final Four? Wait, you follow him but not me, Kara? I do follow you. I actually do follow oh, you. Do? you. Oh, yeah. Excellent. So anyway, uh, uh, the Oscar, the two Oscar segments we've done the last two years have been pretty great. Heinz um, Ward with Ed and Ed Reed. Heinz Ward and Ed Reed. Those are great. So whoever's on next By year. Way, wasn't I supposed to be on that? Which one? I was supposed to be on the very first one. You asked if I could do that. Yes, I do remember. And I that. said I can do it, and you never replied. Is I'm that hurt, true? and I'm hurt. You were you were option I four. I that, oh, that, I was an option four. <laughs> that's a that's an REP two hundred <laughs> memory that let, escapes let me, me. Let remember. You're not you're not a Super Bowl champion. Hold on. No, no. In your place, that was the idea. You're going to keep. You can. You, I'll let me tell you, me and Heinz. Yeah, but then we had. It, it but then you been, left the company. You left it, the it company. Been, 
You left over. the company. It would have been over. You chose the now football where you can't use your hands. Have, we would have dominated. Different football. I completely would have dominated. You left, you left the football, I would have dominated man. that stupid red carpet. They had real mensch <laughs> okay. showing up to this red uh, carpet. When, Law, like the when other. Law and I wrote the rap that you sang for Ice-T, yes, that was pretty one. great. Our, the Seahawks bet with the Schaefers. Oh, uh, yeah, that's coming up, too. It was, uh, it was pretty payoff. awesome. Well, yeah, we're, Law's uh, big season five payoff. Yes, Law gets to go and do a uh, cameo on the league this fall because oh. Brockman's Patriots got beat by the Seahawks in the on regular like season. On like a 50-yard bomb. And had you won, they would have had to have incorporated the word boat, boat race. race into an episode of the league this past year. Wow. That was the bet. Good. Man, it was a good bet. I liked when uh, Mark Wahlberg came on and he spoiled the season two ending of Boardwalk Empire for me. <laughs> <laughs> And so I decided not to watch season three. <laughs> Who the hell watched that show anyway? Until oh, Bobby yeah, Cannavale yeah. came on. Bobby Cannavale came on and destroyed it. You so I dialed For back Bobby up. Cannavale alone, we, season three is worth it. I'm halfway through. It's, even if you don't even see season two. It's amazing. Uh, I, Rich's weekly LaShawn McCoy fantasy rant. Yes. It sounded like you when the Giants couldn't pick up a first down in the fourth quarter up three scores. That's what I sound. That's what, that's what a crazy lunatic I was. Uh, when the Hasselbacks came but, on but last summer. Mattered. Okay. Uh, oh, when, when your brothers came when on? my brothers came on last summer, invited me to the ESPYS. That was pretty great, and then, and they did. And I and Matthew was a man of his word. I went to the after parties with them, and Aaron Rodgers made fun of us for all being bald. I went to the first ESPYS <laughs> years ago. Did I sit next to? Uh, no, who'd you sit next to? Our, our our friend, our old friend, Tom Meese. Tom Meese. Ooh, Tom Meese. No kidding. Yep. I mean, that's the life. second Tom Meese reference in this podcast. Yeah, Tom Tom Mies, 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 I had Dan on before. God you got to listen to the. It's so Rest old. Soul. You both. Have to listen to Dan's memories of ESPN. Old ESPN memories. Oh, was, oh dear! So I know you've got them all. You've uh, got them all. Keep it up. You're going to lose. Story is is a is That's an all timer. Rich lying to Olivia Munn's face about seeing Magic Mike. Yep. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton spilling some bad Santa two secrets off yep. camera was that pretty was great. Uh, Nas's Mo Lewis Mo Rooney story. Jim Nance explaining why he says hello, friends. That's a good what, one. Why does he say hello, friends? It's in. It's to his dad. Oh, okay. Who passed away to Alzheimer's? Oh, it's his dad. That's the way. And his dad only had friends, and, and so he always yeah, wanted right. to come on and, and say was, hello. And friends. his dad was it was always in bad. Sh- was uh, so that he did that, and then when his dad was in bad shape, yeah, right. it was his way to communicate with his. It was dad. So his dad knew you were saying it to him. Got yep. it. And uh, last but not Very least, cool uh, Maurice Jones Drew delivering on the podcast end zone. Days. Yes. Oh yeah. That was a great one. That was a good one. Those are some of my favorites. Um, this is good. You got names now? I got names, yeah. We got names here. So, again, if you're one of these six people, just make sure you're following at the Eisen Podcast. And what I'll do is... And these get- people are going to be stand-ins for the re- the mock of yeah. the mock draft show. The yeah. rehearsal to, sh- to get the shots and lighting so correct. Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday. Yes. And, um, as you might have, and, and, and it's, it's, and it's held in NFL headquarters in New York City. Oh, nice. So as you might imagine, just getting any old person through the door oh, yeah, in NFL yeah, yeah, security. Yeah, yeah. These people not only needed to be selected by Chris Law at random right here, but they better be squeaky clean in their personal lives. Because <laughs> they're not getting through. They ain't getting, <laughs> is, they ain't getting through that, that door to use the well, Patino well, lexicon. We take 50 cent out of the New York office. And I was a little worried when I sent over the I, name I, Curtis those Jackson. Guys, those, guys don't, those guys don't even end up at the halal stand. There's not even a chance. They don't get. They no, don't even get with them three. Not for you. Mix. Mix. I want to mix. Yeah. Not for you. That's it. Yeah. No. They are. I love the halal guy. There you go. 
So uh, if you're one of these five people, you have to be able to dedicate about four and a half, five hours of your time on Monday, April yes. 22nd. Uh, we'll give you definitive times when. But like, how are they going to get there? Where are they from? New York? Yeah. Yeah. That's they what are. I want to know. Yeah, they're oh, locals. Okay. They're locals? Yeah, yes. local people. They're locals. Uh, at least we told them. Nigel Speckle. Yeah. I bet you there's definitely some people that will get on, oh, on the Metro that. North or something yeah, like that. Yeah, there's a couple Connecticut guys here we got in. So Valentine Olivere. Um, that it's at V A L E N T I N O L I V R Y. You're one of the winners, if you will. There you uh, go. Josh Klein. There you go. At Josh Klein Eleven, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, and that's at just shy of Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven. Yeah. yeah. Um, Eric at E Money Train eight seven. It's not just any Eric. It's the E Money Train eight seven one one. Yeah, eight seven one one. Diehard Jet fan, live in Connecticut. Can All I get right. to, can get to the city quick? Two more to go. Thomas, is that, is that, is that mean Darrell Rivas is going to show up? Come on, I don't yeah. know. Come on, Thomas well, Tebow Schultz. will show up. Tebow show up. What a mess. <laughs> they are a mess. At UA Tuba Tom twelve. Yep, Thomas <laughs> Schultz, and then God. the uh, you got to go. You got to go with this one at the very bottom here, just because his his name is Andrew Sidebottom. Yes, I, that's that you gotta was, go. That was the other one. <laughs> just, just to see somebody, just to see somebody at NFL security saying, "Is this a pseudonym, or is this for real?" Can Andrew's we still call side bottom. By the way, we're we going to get to the bottom of Andrew's he, side he, bottom. Is it Andy or is it Drew? You know? Is he a Drew? <laughs> <Can it, laughs> I hope it's an Andy. He goes Andy Dre. side bottom, which is, by the way, <laughs> what a lot of people name. in Philadelphia called their coach for many years. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Sidebottom, everybody. Can I still call, can I still Here's Andy Sidebottom stepping in. Can I call the Rams <laughs> the use? After Vermicelli just, what? Can I call the Rams the use anymore? Now that you, there's a connection yeah, I know. I call I mean, them the I'm use. I'm a female Ram. I call them you can call the Rams. The use. The use. No, they're the Rams, dude. They're the Rams now. Best no, record no. in division last year. I know. Hey, I know. Best record in that Should division. Should have been the 49ers in, that, in the overtime and game. Just to throw a quick the bow tie overtime game on this, yes. the Andrew Side 89, and uh, those six people will yeah. follow you from Matt the Eisen podcast and we'll put you in touch with our production coordinator. He'll get you all the details for the shoot. Okay. And um, and the ultimate international shout-out. Oh. Uh, because you know, I love how you sit up. As, as you know, Chris Brockman gives out international shout-outs yes. to people who tweet at him. Uh, has at his Twitter account. When did I start this? Like a year ago? It had to be, yeah. Ba- way back when you were Chris underscore. That's Brock, right. I was still we underscore. Got under- we got the point. underscore out. That's how the power of the podcast. We got the underscore out. It's sort of like plastic surgery. We had like the 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 marking removed. Out. I like the underscore. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna run through the internet the top international downloaders. Okay. Of this podcast, which is prior to the 200th episode, been downloaded. I would say Botswana is up there. Myanmar. 8.6 North million Korea. times. North Korea. Wow. Eight, it's 8,682,705. What are these graphs here? I don't know what those are. Uh, they frighten uh, me. Those are, yeah, those are tell, me that, tell me North Korea is in there, please. Of those 8 million, of those 8 million downloads, 8.6 million, 6.4 plus have UK. come from the United States. Oh, okay. Uh, next up, the United Kingdom is yes, number two, six hundred eighty-seven thousand times. They love the oblong ball. They the love third uh, ranked, Canada. Neighbors to the north, five hundred one thousand two hundred one times. Excellent. Number four, Australia. Congratulations to them with Adam Scott. Uh, Boy, he's not. Uh, by the way, how great was it? How about him? How huh? great? How great was at the very because because Nance kind of. Kind of missed it. Well, no, he didn't miss it. He, he was, let he, he was, let he others let, do it. I know it. he let others do it, and then and then just I love Faldo. He goes, Faldo goes the, the Wizard, Wizard of Oz, Oz. and I was ah, Wizard of Oz. I was in Oz. That was Nancy's line. My favorite was Jenny Johnson, who's the comedian. Mm-hmm. You know, she tweeted out 
Now, Adam, take your shirt off. That's it was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I laughed a, out loud. I was like, can you imagine? Looking. Yeah, if he, if he had pulled like a wow, Brandy Chastain. Mark- right, exactly. <laughs> that might have pulled a Brandy Chastain. That might not have gone and well. Just, and just, they were just or, they were or right thrown? before he put the jacket on, he does it, right? So it's just the jacket yeah. with nothing yeah. on or, underneath or it. Anhel Cabrera, <laughs> or Angel Cabrera did it. Angel Cabrera did it, and there was a sports bra underneath. I tweeted yesterday, it looked like Stevie Williams was going commando underneath his I think his, he always does, white, right? I think all those guys. Somebody's got to so put on a t-shirt. Or maybe guy did too. A, anything, a t-shirt. Just a jumpsuit? He yeah. goes, just jumpsuit? Like Stevie Johnson's showing a lot of That's lot like of That's like Bill Murray. It's like Carl Spackler. Yeah. Going, pretty, going nothing frankly, underneath there. Frankly, it's pretty gross. I mean, got to put some <laughs> on a T-shirt, even even a yeah. uh, even yeah. a baby Thorbjorn. Yeah. Something. Put something on. Something. All right. Uh, wrapping this up, um, Ireland is number five. Germany. Jeff Ireland. Jeff Ireland. Germany, Denmark, Sweden, and Mexico. Round Deutschland, Derby. And what do we got? Uh, what do we got Japan. The what do we got at the bottom? Let's go to the bottom. I'm telling you. Uh, to the side bottom or the real side bottom? bottom. We're going to the yeah. side bottom. Good call. Uh, uh, let me just throw some out there. Italy, Italy. bless them, downloaded over uh, 8,500 times. Wow. Poland. Poland, where sure. my 40-yard dash is big. <laughs> In Poland. Uh, 3,883 times. Good. Um, and, and it just gives you also the number of how many people uh, in, does it take to download a podcast in Poland? <laughs> Those old jokes. Hey, uh, we've got okay. Oh, the boss of everybody. <laughs> Vietnam, three thousand fifty-nine. Yeah, Vietnam. Hey, Greece may be an austerity, but not for two thousand nine hundred. Any Cypriots on there? Uh, yeah, nothing better to do. Know. Trust me. Guam, everybody, two thousand uh, two hundred and sixty-four times you've been downloaded. Russian Federation. Russian Federation. That's good. The Russian Federation is, is like 20 years old. Okay. There's no such thing as the Russian Federation That's what it anymore. says down here. <laughs> the Russian Federation. Bahrain. That was the 92 Olympics when, when the Russian That's Federation true. was That's there right. and everybody else. They Bahrain. Weren't there. Bahrain. Oh, Bahrain. 1,361 times. It's, it, we've made it Bahrain. That's that many times. Yes. Uh, Ecuador. Here we go. Jordan. 381. They got issues in Jordan. Oh, we're going right to round. We're, let's go all the way down to the bottom. All here. the way down. I don't think I printed you to the last page, but I No, ha- you didn't. No, here it is. Oh, is I it? got it right here. You have, oh, you have, you've got the last one? All right. Last Kazakhstan. Yeah. Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. What's the Luxembourg. What's, well, ma, ma, hold on a minute. Molly's been 13 times. Wow. San Marino is one time. <laughs> Once? Yeah. San Marino. I know. Where they, is that? That's the, San Marino where that is. is a little. Is just a little spl- it's, here it comes. It's just. It's on the right side of the boot in Italy. Okay, right. It's. Northeast. God bless that one person. It's northeast. I of wish I could take a Rome. picture of of your brain inside it's right now. Of Rome, doing this. South west of Venice. Eleven. It's the municipality. One time. Of, they have their soccer team. Keep going. Been, Keep going. Soccer do we have, do we, do eleven we're... guys. Like they like are they the laborers. only eleven on the only eleven on team? They like they're sausage makers, pizza makers. We have been downloaded seventy-one times in Iran. Wow! Hey, well, there's seventy-one times in Iran because we've. we've how lost about this? And this is just the last way to f- see how this podcast has grown. Two hundred episodes. Kazakhstan. Myanmar. Oh, of course. Used Did to, I not bring up Myanmar? It. Used to be or in the single digits. Used to, used be, to be in the signal, single digits. J. Peter McCallum. But the junta. Yes. Has loosened They've the firewall yes. grip. Yes. To the tune of sixty-four <laughs> downloads. Awesome. All members of the junta. Probably downloaded it. By the oh, way, Firewall Grip, their first album. <laughs> Amazing. 
I love so firewall good. grip. Firewall grip is great. I'm about to officially be late for a meeting. <laughs> oh, oh, we do have to wrap this up. And what better way to wrap up the 200th episode? Uh, thank you, at Kara Henderson, for coming in. You're welcome. And at, at Rich Worm Eisen. underscore 66. Thank you for coming in. Watch soccer, everybody. That's right. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Mike Mayock, who's not at anything. Um, Von Miller at Miller Light but, 40. But at Miller Light the 40, host of the, of the U.S. Open at Marion. Who? Mr. May- Mayock. We'll get in there. We've got to get in well, there. And uh, he's Dan a member. Patrick. I want to thank Dan Patrick at DP Show. Yep, you can follow him at does. DP Show. Yep. Um, and uh, thank, thank you, too, by the way. Kara and Worm, you guys were always there when I asked for you. It's not like this is the last one. It's only two. I feel like I know. I feel like no. I just what I want to say. I I get emotional. I get emotional. I get emotional. I get for Clint. And I'm glad that you guys both came in. I I didn't even get Worm's dating update. I'm really sad. (laughs) It's is there enough time? It's as as good as Justin Bieber. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're looking for bewormers, not believers. We're looking for bewormers. Dewormers. We're looking for bewormsers. (laughs) That's what we're looking for. It's, it's, it's law. Law is shaking his head. It's tragic. It's beyond law, tragic. Like, talking I'm missing nonsense. a draft meeting. We should yeah. talking nonsense to not only push the download over two hours, but make law late for his own meeting, just yeah. on purpose. This is like two hours and twenty. But I also want to thank now. all the listeners. Thank you for uh, being uh, um, being out there, being listeners. Yes, for being consumers of this podcast, and we hope there's another two hundred uh, coming your way. And. Um, I'm for uh, at the Eisen podcast at Rich Eisen signing off. Thank you. Peace out. And for all of us here at the Medill School of Journalism, thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. Stay listening.